So Brent, today we start our wonderful new series that uh, I'm very excited that you named uh, Junie to Vacation. <laughs> yeah. It's just a good It was the wrong guy that came up with it. No one get mad. It was the wrong guy. <laughs> what kind of brown? Uh, don't worry about, uh, don't it. worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, I know. I was thinking it's it's spelled out in certain... We had the discussions about how to spell it out and then also uh, how to say it is uh, you want to mm-hmm. be... It's like it's like that uh, Wet Ass Pussy song. It's like, I don't want to be yeah. offensive to Italians. I just like this song. <laughs> How do I say this? Yeah. You know, we've discussed that as well. So, uh, but in in terms of uh, talking about vacations, I figured uh, you know we could we could discuss that going forward with our month. Every opening question could kind of be right at that. So, I was wondering for this one, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any favorite vacations you've been on? Any favorite places you recommend to people, or just ones that uh, that you loved? Well, I mean, whenever my wife and I go on vacations, we typically go to a resort. It's usually. Um, uh, oh God, what is that fucking place called? It's not Secrets. I feel like that's a, a swingers resort. Seacrest? Which I'm. Uh, Seacrest. Ryan's place? <laughs> you go to Ryan's house? <laughs> Actually, we go, instead of Ryan Seacrest, we go to um, Brian Dunkelman's house. <laughs> Wait, who is. <laughs> So in the first season of, of American Idol, oh, there were the actually two hosts. Yeah, so it's the other guy. Is that his name? Yeah. Wow. Brian Dunkelman. Yep. I mean, I apologies, but wow, you could not have picked a better name for someone that would get lost in obscurity <laughs> against Ryan Seacrest. Holy shit. Oh my God. Bring back Dunkelman. You know, Bring what's him he back. Doing? Bring him back. You know, it's about time. I agree with that. But yeah. <laughs> He's got I, I, he's got a place there too. It's a little <laughs> less f- flashy than Seacrest's, but it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. It's like three porta potties strung together. Oh, that's a nice place. Some places. But he's uh, with a hacksaw. He's cut a hole through <laughs> uh, the center part of it, so it's like one extended porta potty. It's it's good. It's pretty it's good. cool. After you're there for like 18 hours, you can barely even smell the turds. It's wonderful. <laughs> you wonderful. get used to it. You get used to yeah. it. Yeah. Sometimes I forget which one to defecate in and mm. then which one to shower in. Right. And you find out real quick the hard way. Uh-huh. But after that, it's just like maybe three or four times before you learn that lesson, you know? And either way, the shower is next door. So you just got to go to the next one, either crawling through right. or, or just mm-hmm. stepping out and, and sliding back in. And yeah. I mean, it's really just Dunkelman and his mom and his two cousins. So it's it's a pretty spacious place to stay. Now, one of his cousins is an untrained, (laughs) bloodthirsty chimpanzee. But, you know, you get a few drinks in them. They're pretty cool. It is all right. You know, they're pretty cool. So anyway, you were at Dunkelman's. Yeah, I was at Dunkelman's. (laughs) And uh, my wife and I were like, should we just go to a sandals resort? (laughs) Right. Oh, that's "Uh, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what we did. And uh, yeah, those sandals resorts are cool. It's all inclusive. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, the drinks are free. No, 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 no. You prepay for all of that shit. Oh, so, right, right. You know, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like when people say, oh, yeah, you can watch it on Netflix for free. No, you cannot. Nope. <laughs> you, you pay that fee. And well, unless you're password sharing. But even then, they're going to crack down in yeah. your ass now. So yeah, yeah. They're going to come get you. But Sandals is a swingers resort, yes? Uh, man, you make any resort a swingers <laughs> resort, you do it right. You know what I'm saying, dude? I do, honestly. I, every time you guys go, I'm, I'm always like, Sandals? Is that? No. There is another one that is like, it seems kind of swingery. But uh, mm-hmm. Sandals is just about footwear, right? <laughs> just, so, yeah. unless you're into feet stuff, which some people are. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, not for you. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you're in mm-hmm. Sandals. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so I like those resorts. It's it's beachy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually the weather holds up pretty well, and uh, there's just activities to do and whatnot. But uh, it's it's very laid back. We don't typically leave the resort to go do activities. You know, I'm already paying a lot of money. I just want to stay there, relax, right. not have to be on any specific type of schedule. And uh, yeah, I just I enjoy that. I've been on a cruise before, and that was okay. I, I feel like yeah. Maybe once is enough, or going with a, a group of friends. Yeah, but, that'd be um, cool. Oh wait, Stephen, oh. do we need to have an LTAS cruise? Oh my goodness! <laughs> all we have to do is shell out a shitload of fucking money. We'll have us and all of our listeners. Oh my god! I just imagine we like it's like a fucking horror movie. We show up. There's only eight people there. Most of them are crew. It's like a ghost yeah. ship. We fucking get hunted on there. For our, mm-hmm. for our bad Wait, jokes. Did you say we get cunted? Because I might be back in, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what if uh, there was that situation and there was a murderer that like snuck on board? You know, like maybe it was uh, somebody that broke out of prison, found their way above oh my a, or onto a cruise ship. It's a good and idea. Then, uh, much to their chagrin, they've uh, wandered a. Uh, aboard the Elf House cruise, <laughs> there's nobody fucking there. They stick <laughs> out like a sore thumb. <laughs> yeah. It's like a three hour, 23 minute movie of them just going from room to room trying to find somebody to murder. Oh it's God. just like, yeah, nobody. There's nobody here. here. But, uh, yeah. But, wow. Yeah. So, cruises, uh, kind of just okay. Right. Uh, I, I prefer a resort. What about you? How do you, uh, how do you take your vacations? Well, I'm gra- glad you brought that up because uh, I'm not a huge cruise guy myself. I went when I was a kid with my mm-hmm. family, and I have good memories of it. But uh, overall, partly just environmentally, they're just like ginormous ships that feel like they're just spewing shit in the atmosphere. And like, I, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'd much rather environmentally harm the, the planet by flying somewhere and staying at a resort. Yeah, it's much better. You know, if we're going to harm the planet, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it a different way. Yeah. But also, yeah, the uh, Amanda's not big on deep water and big boats. So getting her on a cruise has always been like a struggle, like we've talked about with my family. But the Friends one sounds kind of fun. They can be, you know, they have uh, cool stuff on them. But uh, I've done a, 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 a resort that you, you know, an all-inclusive as well. That was okay. Uh, I'd say overall, though, I like for our, our vacations that Amanda and I have taken with her family or, or otherwise, uh, Charleston, South Carolina was one of my favorites. My brother just went oh. there and sent us pictures and we'd, we were like, oh, my God, we got to go back there. We haven't been in like over a decade. But uh, it was just gorgeous and had a lot of history and uh, cool old like pirate bars. And, and but it's also on like, you know, by the ocean and stuff. So it's got like a mix of mm-hmm. kind of small town beachy stuff. But I like it because it's I like I, I do like beach vacations when I go. But I, I basically go out to the water the first day, and I never go back. Uh, sand is not for me. Oh, really? Okay. Call me Anakin, because it gets in places, and I don't like it. <laughs> and and the ocean is cool, but I always am like, I, I just get bored with it. I'd much rather be where, like, mountains are or, like, forests. Yeah. Uh, I like hiking more than I would like to, like, walk. Mm-hmm. Like, running or walking on the beach is hard. It is. That sand it can compact harder than you think. It's like so weird. Yeah. Ugh. Gets in your toes. It's segmented because you like uh, sometimes we'll be walking from our, our like hotel or whatever to the beach. And as you're walking through that, like first part of the beach mm-hmm. uh, that's like closest to the hotel, it's like sandy, but it's like like it's it, 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 like crunches down like snow. Right. A right. Bit. So you get a little bit further 
there's uh very hard sand mm-hmm. to where like you notice it in your knees and, and lower back <laughs> and then you like get into the actual water and then you just kind of like melt into the ocean floor a little bit you know so right and then that's hard to walk like it's like varying things and uh i'm always like like seaweed brushes against you and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna get eaten by a shark i don't know <laughs> things go through my head i don't know what's under there you know that's what uh uh kevin james refers to as yucky toes <laughs> wait for real <laughs> Yeah, he had a, a stand-up special oh, where funny. he was talking about swimming in a lake and uh, or maybe uh, the ocean and yeah. seaweed touched his toes and he's like, oh, yucky toes. I don't like that feeling. It's weird. Yeah, it's, Not it's for gross. Me. So it's like no. those are always OK. But um, mm-hmm. I've liked some of our other vacations with a little more more history and, and more like cool architecture and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, that's been kind of my jam. But yeah. Yeah, I do like that as well. Uh, I've told my wife that uh, I like the the beach vacations, but maybe we can alternate and right. go to like a city or a, a like you said a forest or something like that. Like I still want to go to Ireland. Oh uh, yeah, that I sounds just, great. I still want to go there, have a Guinness, you know, then fly mm. back. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> worth it, environmentally worth, worth it. it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> huh? Everyone here does look like Ed Sheeran. Okay, well, time to go back. <laughs> And then, uh, uh, yeah, there, there are certain places like um, uh, uh, Yellowstone National Park I'd mm-hmm. love to visit, you know. But you haven't been there yet. I haven't been there yet, you know. I I, I do kind of want to go to Mount Rushmore just to uh-huh. see if I can. I just want to see what the back of their heads look like, you know. Oh, totally. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> are they, is it well coiffed? Do they have any bold spots? What do we know about them? I don't even know. Oh, there's a, someone put a kick me sign back here. Ha. Nelson. <laughs> he gets them all, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know uh yeah, it would be fun to uh to go on vacation together. We've done a mm-hmm. like a group meetup before and we've talked about doing that again, which would be nice, but uh mm-hmm. um it'd be fun to actually go somewhere and yeah. uh you know, get into some shenanigans, you know, mm-hmm. see if we can get arrested and then come back on uh True Criminals. And be like, we finally did it. <laughs> we call Eric from jail. Hey, bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's our like, one call. I know you're always looking for true crimes. Guess what is literally happening right now? Start start recording, brother, because we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> He's Steve and I, Brent. We're sharing a, a phone receiver. And a gel sale. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I like this buddy comedy. This would be fun to write. We should do yeah. this. Maybe oh, yeah. in real life. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Well, Hell that's yeah. lovely. I, I always like to know uh, where people have been and what, what fun vacations are out there. So mm-hmm. uh, for real this time, I'm going to say we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Where, uh, welcome to our, uh, I was going to say <laughs> a different June pun, but it did not work out in my head and I'm failing horribly. So, uh, Steven, June this is what vacation? it's like to be me all the uh, time, but you know what? I still say it. It just fell apart. I was trying. I was like, just it just crumbled in front of my very mm-hmm. mind's eye. But yeah. Uh, yeah, do you need a vacation? Is going to start mm-hmm. today with the way way back. L- really looking forward to discussing this movie with you, and oh, yeah. uh, looking forward to the rest of them. Um, I was trying to keep that up in my list to make sure uh, of what all we had on here. So uh, for uh, the whole month, we have the way way back, wet hot American summer, Barb and Star visit Vista Del Mar and Midsommar. Yeah, I'm going to call it Midsommar just so it rhymes with Barb and Star. So that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, we're going to call it there. So uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to all of those. It's going to be a blast this whole month. So definitely come back for more. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it with way, way back today. So 
Uh, I do have some mini topics myself. Uh, I was curious if you did as well, but one I wanted to make sure to start with was that oh, yeah. uh, our buddies over at the Terror Table, uh, we got Mitch Oliver and Jesse Zawiski, their horror film that uh, they both wrote and Mitch directed, The Druid's Hand, has officially been released on YouTube, courtesy of the LA Screamfest page, which is amazing. Hell yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, I guess, I, I, I didn't realize, Brent, and uh, the outtakes, people can hear a little bit about your one-year anniversary from your fall last year yeah. off of a terrible skyscraper that you survived off because you had a parachute on if i remember correctly reason yep right Mm -hmm. wild story listen for Mm -hmm. those outtakes um but uh i didn't realize that coincided with a year of the release uh of the original uh premiere of the druid's hand because they were uh, i think it was june 2nd that that came out um this year on the youtube channel and it was last year that that premiered to like the kickstarter backers and and whatever then it's been on the festival circuit so uh, i didn't realize that uh, that coincided with you as well um but yeah it was uh, lovely to see that film again i i championed it so much uh they did such a great job it's amazing it's so scary and cool looking and uh, also, I will say that the uh, Terror Table's latest episode about the Conjuring trilogy, um, uh, their guest is, uh, I can't remember her last name, but Gabe, uh, she plays the uh, demon lady looking thing in the Druid's hand. Uh, but yeah, she uh, she was amazing on the show. They talk a lot about the making of the movie and then go into the Conjuring universe, which was cool to hear their thoughts as well. But uh, it was cool just to have them be excited about their movie being out in the world. And now everybody can see it. So super cool. Definitely go check that out. Look, I, I've mentioned this in the past, but. That demon lady that's in that movie. <laughs> she can get it, you know? Uh, What's funny is it's not really Gabe in real life that you're attracted to. It is specifically the demon lady, yes? Look, uh, you and I had uh, participated in the Kickstarter, and we were invited mm-hmm. to, uh, like, an online premiere for it. Right. Which we both attended, mm-hmm. and we got to talk to the cast and crew, and uh, she seems like a lovely lady, but very specifically, the, <laughs> the demon... <laughs> the demon woman in this you love women of color i do i love women <laughs> yes you love charred remains absolutely right and then uh, so. evidently i love uh, almost being murdered so <laughs> it really checks a lot of boxes for it me it does you know? for you man it really yeah, does i like it wow that's your kink that's, that's your kink <laughs> uh, you know what i think it is <laughs> Um, oh, so I, I do have, uh, I was looking at my list and you know, I've, I've been complaining recently, like I'm, I'm very busy. Uh, I've got a bunch of work stuff going on right? and I, you know, we do the, the pop culture catch up episodes and I feel like I've got so many things that I, I watch 20 minutes at a time here and there as, right. as available. Um, and then because we had Memorial day weekend here in the States, oh, right. I, uh, since our last record, I've watched like seven different things. Ooh. Uh, so I've really like put in some some effort and hours into uh, different things <laughs> for the podcast. We appreciate that here. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like I don't even uh, I guess what I want to start with our, our friend Allison had texted us in a group mm-hmm. chat. Uh, I was in the middle of like doing yard stuff whenever she texted. So I didn't get to respond to that chat. But I have seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, oh, that came out. The brand uh, new one. This weekend, yes. And uh, I went f- late Friday night, which was a mm-hmm. mistake for me because I had <laughs> oh, no. to get up early Friday morning <laughs> for work. And I was just like, I was hyped for it. And right. then I, I, I could feel the the life draining from my body as I was like in the middle of the movie. So mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I feel like 
I would enjoy it more if I wasn't about to fall asleep during right. the entirety of the <laughs> second half of the movie. Yeah. But uh, it is very well done, and uh, they really like put a lot of effort into the animation. Uh, that's certainly uh, what they did in the first movie, but I feel like mm-hmm. they leveled up the art styles uh, and making sure everything looks uh, separate but part of a whole as well throughout the movie. Uh, the the showing I was in, it you know, it was opening weekend. So it was a not a fully packed house, but it was uh, quite a few people in there. As it got to the end of the movie, uh, I heard people behind me go, what the hell? Because they didn't realize <laughs> that I guess it was going to be a, a part one and part two. So Oh, right. It, Do they Are they marketing it that way still? I'm, I've forgotten that too. I don't know if they're marketing that way, but it was announced that it was right. going to be that like a year or so ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I guess people don't follow shit as closely as we do. Yeah. Uh, we're very cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally me. <laughs> I was like, this is what? It's a two-parter? <laughs> Why? Crazy. Uh, but uh, it, it does end on an interesting note, and I'm very much looking forward to the next one. Cool, cool. Uh, I think the voice cast is stellar. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I, I would uh, look forward to uh, discussing it in depth on the show at some point absolutely i yeah. i was late to the game on the original one and watched it at home but uh it blew me away and it was uh it's certainly really amazing so i i'm definitely excited for this new one but i've since i don't go to the theaters a lot i honestly keep forgetting stuff is even out and then it just i'm like oh it's out like this week oh it was out last weekend shit like i really keep forgetting shit is out so uh, uh, yeah until she mentioned it i'd forgotten that it was uh, gonna be here now so there <laughs> right, you go yeah totally behind the times uh, and then uh, I want to mention one other thing uh, before I turn the, the reins over to you. Uh, I Last night, uh, before I went to bed, I decided to watch the movie Rango. Uh, are you familiar with this? I've never seen it, but yeah, I know it. Uh, I, I believe when uh, we had Liz Wilson on for uh, one of our early episodes where mm-hmm. we had her on, it was a, a fantasy draft for different mm-hmm. movies by genre. I think this was a runner up for my Western contender. Uh, okay, right on. But it's a uh, <laughs> it's a story where uh, a, a lizard, uh, a chameleon, mm-hmm. a drifter, wanders into the town of dirt uh, inhabited by a bunch of other animals. And uh, through different means, he becomes the sheriff of that town and tries to protect it. Except the chameleon is actually just a pet chameleon who... Oh. has aspirations of being an actor so he's just pretending the whole time oh that's nice and i didn't he, know this yeah he gets himself into uh some trouble oh, and rad. uh the the town's uh water supply is running low so he's trying to solve the case of where did this water go and mm. uh the machinations behind that and then um you know some no good nooks show up into town as in westerns and uh right there's the there's the rub there i think it has a wonderful voice cast this is a paramount produced animated movie for mm, whatever mm. reason i was thinking it was dreamworks but it's not hmm. uh, it's like paramount and then nickelodeon so it's just kind of like its own thing it kind of um typically this art style is not something i would uh gravitate toward but as i was re-watching the movie last night and I, i've seen the movie like maybe twice before i loved it even more last night than i did the previous times mm. Uh, it's, it seems very lived in, seems very gritty. It looks like the movie stinks because it's like an old, gross, very dry town. Like the textures on everything looks wonderful that like you could see the individual strands of fur on the furry creatures, the scales on the Mm -hmm. lizard creatures, all of the wood texturing for this like old Western town looks fucking wonderful. 
I would, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I feel like we've got like a decent, decent, decent listenership, <laughs> maybe not now. Uh, and uh, for people who missed this, uh, the first go round, maybe check it out because it was, uh, it's very entertaining. The right. jokes hit, the uh, animation is wonderful. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it's a very pleasant movie, especially coming off of my Western trilogy of those uh, uh, those spaghetti Western movies that I just watched, right. the Dollars trilogy. This is a nice little uh, button on that that brings in some anthropomorphic uh, animal friends into the mix. So uh, yeah, Rango, Rango from 2011. Right on, man. Uh, that's Gore Verbinski made that movie. Gore Verbinski. Yeah, great name. He is uh, famous for doing lots of things, but the uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies is what I know him from most. Yes. And uh, yeah, and then he did this one with Johnny Depp as well. So I've always heard good things about it, especially the uh, because it's almost not independent, but it is independent of the major animation studios. Yeah. It was like they could do their own stuff, and they you know allowed him to kind of make this weird movie mm-hmm. or whatever, I guess. Um, so I've been intrigued by it. I've never seen it. I actually watched a trailer for this like within the last year randomly, though, wow. and was like, oh, I should I should catch that up. I should finally watch that and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned it. So that's cool. It's great, man. Like I, I looked it up because I saw Gore Verbinski. I knew that name, but I didn't associate him with I, I couldn't figure it out. So right. yeah, I looked it up on Wikipedia, saw he was with the Pirates movies. And I thought, oh, that's how Johnny Depp got involved. Johnny right. Depp has a like great vocal performance in this. He's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people can watch it and uh figured that out but um yeah i really really dug it and uh i think you would dig it as well right on man i mean i'm intrigued by that i will totally watch that uh i'm gonna jump off of that with an animated movie that i watched also (laughs) from a long while ago that i hadn't seen in a while and really loved again so uh i watched uh atlantis the lost empire yeah did you ever watch that one it was like a disney movie i've never seen it oh my goodness i think Uh, this was uh just after i started working uh, as a uh, a young right. fella, and so I just I, I was kind of limited on my uh, theater going experiences, and they weren't showing a lot of that in like my senior year of high school. So right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, two thousand one is when it came out. So yeah, it was yeah. probably right around the time you started working. It's uh, coincidentally around the time I started working because I would watch this at the video store that I worked at a lot because wow, okay, it has a uh, just a good voice cast and uh, great music and just like a really epic feel. It was kind of in this weird uh, spot of Disney movies that came out that were it's like Disney wasn't hitting it off really big. Pixar was starting to take. You know, they made Toy Story in 1995. They were making all these great movies. I think, like, uh, Finding Nemo came out in 2003. Monsters, Inc. might have come out the same year, 2001. So it's like they were the juggernauts, you know, kind of taking over the landscape. And Disney had a few hit, had a few movies that I thought would be hits but weren't. Atlantis is one of them. The other one is Treasure Planet that came out after this. I always confuse that those two. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen was, either of them? When you said Atlantis, I was picturing Treasure Planet in my right. head. <laughs> That's so funny. Treasure Planet is also really cool. Um, has some pretty epic uh, storytelling, and it's like it's like Treasure Island, but in space. With the spaceships look like old like ships, like with sails and shit, and like mm-hmm. it's a really cool concept. And he like flies around on a uh, sort of like a, a, a windsurfing board, but it's like in space. Yeah. So like it mixes genres and it's cool. But Atlantis uh, is is pretty great. Um, the lead character is voiced by Michael J. Fox and he's fantastic. He plays oh, like yeah. a nerdy kind of Indiana Jones. He's like an archaeologist who thinks he's proven where Atlantis is. And an, an old billionaire who was a friend of his grandfather's who started this search is going to fund the expedition. And so they go looking for Atlantis. 
and uh, spoilers, they find it, and uh, and it's pretty amazing. It's uh, it's got like uh, what some a really... twist on the movie if they like uh. go to the spot where it's supposed to be. It's like, oh yeah, there's fucking nothing here. It's why it didn't hit off with kids. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much just a, a, a pretty grim adventure of just going towards a place and mm-hmm. not finding anything. So it's the, not, not the best. The film reel <laughs> just cuts right there. And then <laughs> fucking uh, Michael Eisner walks out on the screen. He's like, look, kids, this is disappointment. This is what this feels like. <laughs> I want to teach know you what, a lesson. Yeah. My God. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. It's uh, got a lot of other voices in it, too. Um, uh, a bunch of people that I would I would hope that you would know more like voice actors. But there are some mm-hmm. like famous people in it, like James Garner is in it. Oh, but yeah. uh, And then Michael J. Fox, obviously. But um, yeah, I I feel like it kind of got lost to time a little bit. People don't talk mm-hmm. about this movie, but uh, it was great to rewatch it. I hadn't seen it in a long time. I found it on Disney Plus and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And it was. So I would highly recommend it. The the animation style is, is pretty like that era it's it's pretty cool with the uh, the things they come up with for this lost society you know mm-hmm. and then uh treasure planet is a good double feature with that as well so uh yeah you can find it on disney plus and uh, atlantis the lost empire from 2001 hell yeah well we just did a trifecta of animated movies who knew man didn't even wow. know we were gonna do that that's pretty wow. fun wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh what else you got um well uh i guess i can uh, let me let me go back to one of the first things i watched after our last record which was shazam fury of the gods oh from okay. earlier this year as right, well right. 2023 um it was okay like the, i think my main complaint with the first shazam movie which you and i had uh, done an episode on mm-hmm. back like when it came out whenever it was 2018 something like that maybe yeah uh was that it it was a little too close to the comic that you and i reviewed Ooh. uh even earlier than that so it was it was almost like a one-to-one I kind of already saw that story and was like eh, i don't know right uh, it's fine but whatever so but i was looking forward to watching this one because some of the trailers i saw it seemed fun i did mm-hmm. get a bit annoyed i went to go see a different movie i saw a tra- the uh, newest trailer for shazam fury of the gods and it seemed to me like it was laying out the entirety of the film timeline oh, okay. in the movie and i got so annoyed with it I was like, I was about to go to the theater to see this, but you've already laid out the story. And so that kind of annoyed me. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I bitched about it on uh, this podcast, maybe another one. But I watched the movie and it does lay things out a little bit differently than that trailer I saw. So I will apologize to this movie. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Flowers are in the mail. Um, but, uh, it was like, it was kind of fun. It's, it's about what you think this movie is going to be tone wise, you know, um, the, the costumes are cool. Uh, the, the, it is more of an ensemble movie than the first one. Uh, we do have the, uh, Billy who becomes, uh, the lead character Shazam. Uh, his family is in it more. Uh, we can see everyone in costumes more often and, uh, yeah, Helen Mirren's in it. Uh, she's that's so filled. wild to me. Yeah, sure. Lucy Liu's in it as well. Uh, right. And then uh, um, uh, I can't remember the the third woman, but they play like sisters or whatever. Uh, okay. But they're all like different races. It's fine. Fast and Furious <laughs> has acclimated me to this. No problems with that there at all. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Uh, I believe there's a post credit scene uh, in there. Uh, I will say uh, when uh, you and I. Uh, your wife Amanda and our friend Allison recorded the Hocus Pocus 2 episode. Mm-hmm. I remember Allison got so pissed off about Walgreens being 
in there, you know, because oh, it's right. just like, it's like marketing so placement. hard or whatever. Yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't bother me at all. But I will say she will probably hate this movie because <laughs> the Candy Skittles plays a pivotal role in this movie. <laughs> It's a specific pivotal plot point in this movie. Oh, that's funny. So much so where one of the characters shouts, taste the rainbow. Oh, wow. It's it's like a straight up commercial. It's egregious, Steven. Wow. wow. But it is also kind of fun. Like, it, it didn't really bother me. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, God, Alice is going to fucking hate this part of this movie. Absolutely. But, you know, I had fun with it. I mean, it does take me out of it sometimes. It just didn't mm-hmm. it didn't bother me so much in Hocus Pocus 2 either. But. Uh, it can, and it depends on the movie. And I, I'm already not super excited for this one because of the first one was just kind of lackluster to me. But um, yeah. yeah, so when that comes up, you know, as like blatant product placement there, then you're like, all right, come on now. That's I feel funny, like though. part of my my curiosity with this movie is like, does this even matter anymore? Is this going to be like rebooted in James Gunn's DCU oh, right. anyway? Like, I, I'm just like, I feel like the stakes are non-existent so even if the movie's yeah. bad that's okay. they'll figure it out next time or what you know i'm not yeah does this have black adam in it no is there a separate black adam movie <laughs> there is yeah. there is right uh-huh yeah the rock i feel like my it, brain yeah. can't Steven, even keep it, that together i think the problem is that it changed the hierarchy of the dc universe so hard for you <laughs> right that you yeah. even forgot i was like wow <laughs> i didn't who could have who could have imagined but yeah but i think black adam came out at the end of 2022 and then yeah. uh shazam 2 came out at uh beginning of of this year in april i think I will say that I do like uh, David F. Sandberg is the director of those two movies, and mm-hmm. he does a lot of horror shorts online. He started with a, a horror short for uh, uh, Lights Out, went like viral, and then he made a he got to make a feature film of Lights mm-hmm. Out because of that. He did one of the Annabelle movies, and then oh, he's done okay. these two movies. So everything he's done is is like certified fresh. They're on Rotten Tomatoes. They're they're generally well received and make money mm-hmm. and stuff. But I don't really like his his. Uh, feature efforts as much but i love his mm-hmm. youtube channel and i've been watching it lately because i've been getting him back into like indie filmmaking and he does he just shoots these little shorts with his wife uh her name is lota they're from sweden i think and uh um, oh, yeah. and he basically was just like a youtuber who made these short films these scary short films and then got picked up by hollywood and now he's made these shazam movies which are like ginormous and it just is wild to me because he's like a diy indie filmmaker dude like he does it all by himself with his wife no other crew and then they've made these huge productions so uh, mm-hmm. i saw a review of, or a, an interview with him a little bit and he said they were like asking him what's it like to go from that indie diy youtube world to like film sets and he was like well it gets really boring pretty fast because you shoot one way and they're like shooting an actor and they've lit all the scene and they're like oh, you just want to go like you know five feet to the left and shoot it a different way and they're like mm-hmm. all right that's going to be about three hours and he's like, I can just pick it up and move it. Like, are we, can we, we're just good to go. Let's go. But mm-hmm. it's like they relight and reset the entire thing. And he's like, it becomes really cumbersome. So it's been interesting to watch him as a, uh, a YouTuber. And he still does that. And he's very open about his films. And, and then he also just happens to be this big time director now. So even mm-hmm. though I don't like him, I want to, I don't like his movies as much, the, these Shazam movies, but mm-hmm. uh, they're not his fault. I don't think, I think it's like, I'm not that into Shazam and then mm-hmm. DC movies in general. And like you said, it could be rebooted, who knows, but I like that dude a lot. So I, I want to support him for sure. But yeah. yeah, interesting with these movies. I'm not, not sure how I feel about them. Yeah. Maybe whole his next effort, whatever that might be, would uh, maybe hit a little bit more. Maybe, I don't know, with, with some of these filmmakers, I feel like, I 
I'm hesitant to say they're just doing it for a paycheck. Maybe he fucking loves the character of Shazam, you know? Like, Good. yeah. Sam Raimi was a horror director, and then he got Spider-Man, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they just have a passion for certain characters, and, you know, maybe this is what they wanted to do, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it's better to just kind of do your own thing. Like, right. I wasn't a big fan of Justin Lin's uh, Malignant, but mm-hmm. I love his Fast and Furious movies. But that said, I'd, I'd much rather he do his own thing uh, just to, like, express his own version of storytelling uh, as opposed to doing, like, you know, stuff for big studios. Like, once they right. get to a certain level, you know, they should be able to write their own ticket. Yeah, uh, James Wan, is that who you're thinking of? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I keep doing that. They, they both have, like, uh, names that begin with J. And, and they then, both like the Fast last and name Furious, is right? Just three, yeah, yeah. Both, the Fast and Furious connection and then a three-letter last name. Sure, yeah, that one. I'm totally with you. I was just uh-huh. like, I want to I want to make sure, but I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Mitch had just mentioned Malignant again or one of them on their, that Terry Table episode because they were talking about uh, James Wan. And he was mm-hmm. he one of them was like, I'm going to have to watch some fucking Fast and Furious just so I get my full James Wan filmography. <laughs> and I was like, you, I was thinking like you should. That's why I wanted to be shouting at the podcast like you should. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting how uh, horror filmmakers can cross over and make these big budget action movies and uh, and with varying results. But um mm-hmm. I, uh, I I would hope that David F. Sandberg would have a future with other things. I, I don't think, I don't get the vibe from him at all from watching his YouTube sh- stuff that he was behind putting Skittles in that fucking movie. He probably was like, yeah. not that it's a paycheck for him, but he's like, I have no say in this. I don't think he's like, he doesn't have like Final Cut or like mm-hmm. really any choice at all about the story, I imagine. He's just directing mm-hmm. it. So yeah, that'd be interesting to hear him say about I'll say, like, in the first Shazam movie, there were some, like, monsters that are based on the Seven Deadly Sins that looked mm. very samey. They, they didn't have any specific look to them. And right. I, they just, I don't know. I, I wasn't impressed with those designs. In this movie, dude, there's a fucking dragon. I love oh, dinosaurs. Okay. I love dragons. I'm all about it. That dragon looks cool as shit. Right on. And then uh, another thing I'll mention is... Uh, there are unicorns in the movie. Oh. Are they related to the Skittles thing? I don't know. You find out. But uh, they look so fucking rad, dude. Uh, okay, the, right. Okay, that's the, good. Yeah. The unicorns in this movie. So um, I feel like his uh, maybe his influence kind of worked its way into the creature or that character sounds designs. Good, yeah. There. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, Skittles product placement that that's very much a corporate uh, mandate. Uh huh. I feel yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, David, though. David F. Sandberg was like, I want Cookie Crisp in this. Like, it's <laughs> fucking Skittles, bitch. <laughs> Just fighting him tooth and nail. <laughs> yeah. um, I see. I was looking to see if the uh, adult actors were, came back, like Adam Brody and uh, Michelle yeah. Borth, who uh, we had mm-hmm. talked about from um, uh, Good Old Fashioned Orgy. And then uh, mm-hmm. she's she was also in the original Shazam as one of the uh, uh, kids grown up sort of thing. So it's good to see a bunch of people came back. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's her her name is Michelle Borth. Yeah. Is that right? She um in the first movie, she was only the adult version of that character, mm-hmm. whereas in this movie, she's both versions of that character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so she's like a, a regular adult human playing her character Mary, then when she says Shazam, she turns into like a superhero version. Are they all uh, that much older in this movie no, versus No, the it's, it's just her. She was like the oldest kid. So oh, I guess okay. in their timeline, right she's on. just naturally aged up. So at a certain point, the kid who plays Billy Batson will just look like fucking Zachary Levi, I guess. Right I okay. Yeah. 
Good it's kind of like how um, in the Wonder Years, Fred Savage will eventually just grow up to look like Daniel Stern. Right. We all know that's going to happen, right? And it's kind of made true, you know, if you look at mm-hmm. pictures of them, I think so, yeah. And that one guy from How I Met Your Mother, who's already an adult, will eventually age into looking like Bob Saget, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that one never made sense, though. Yeah. Because it's like his voice and his look are clearly not that guy, though. Why didn't you just have him do it? It's just a different guy. <laughs> What if it ended up being at the end? It's like how I met your mother, and it's just a fucking schizophrenic talking to one of the kids. <laughs> She's like a nurse. It's like it does this like a dream sequence thing, you know? And uh, it's like it's all been made up, and it's all in Bob Saget's head. That could actually have been a much better ending for that show. Gotta say, <laughs> I gave up on it by that point. But uh, uh, <laughs> well, right on, man. Uh, I'm I'm curious enough because I like that filmmaker, but uh, otherwise, yeah, Shazam, the first one, it was just it was okay. I, I liked the mm-hmm. comic a lot more. Than I expected to and, and better than the movie. And part of it was the uh, the like stupid sameness of the villains or whatever in those seven yeah. deadly sins. So I'm glad mm-hmm. that they approved that part of it. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah. I'm going to just jump off of that in no particular way. But I wanted to mention that last week, I think it was, I had mentioned that we had watched a, uh, a miniseries, a seven episode miniseries on HBO Max, now Max, uh, called mm-hmm. Love and Death, which yes. is uh, about a, a true story from 1980. Uh, when a, a Texas housewife uh, chopped up her friend with an axe and then the resulting trial from that. And uh, it starred Elizabeth um, Olsen and uh, Jesse Plumpkins, as we call them, Jesse Plumpkins, <laughs> um, as uh, the two like main characters in that. And then after, or when we were watching that one, waiting for the episodes to finish, I found out there was a Hulu series called Candy, which you had said you had watched right. a while ago, right? Do you remember that show very much, though? It's Jessica Biel. Just just vaguely. I remember she was in it and uh, there was a, a, they uh, met some people playing volleyball inside of a gym. And, yeah, you uh, said like, is there a volleyball yeah. scene in it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that is in both. They meet at like a they're like church friends who start an affair. They're in a volleyball team together. And uh, it's so interesting because uh, this this one stars Jessica Biel in the lead role, who I, I really like and has become. Mm-hmm. When I when she was around when we were teenagers, I thought she was just like a hot girl. I didn't see much in her acting. It was okay, but like whatever. And then you saw her with this perm. <laughs> and it really sold me, man. That perm on her. Woo! Really oh, took man. A just, just give me the perm and those Jesus. high socks. Hell oh, yeah. my God. The, the perm looks. So what's interesting is uh, Elizabeth Olsen looks prettier in her role. They just have her in kind of normal long hair. Uh, mm-hmm. from that era but it's not this perm look which is really the photos of the real woman she has this so that that is more accurate but it is really distracting seeing jessica beale that way uh, a perm uh-huh. is not a great look on many people maybe mm-hmm. any people but uh certainly on her it, it it detracts but um it was uh it's a five episode series on hulu we were intrigued to see the same story told in a different way um it has melanie linsky as the woman that gets murdered and she's yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. uh so they both have good people in them, but um, we found this one was a little more distracting. I'm glad that we watched Love and Found or Love and uh, Love and Death first, and then watched this one. Uh, apparently, Candy has better reviews online, and people generally like it more. But I think people were confused. It's like, oh, they're talking about Skittles again. Okay, yeah, Candy. Yes, <laughs> like we in like Shazam it. Fury, of the gods of fucking <laughs> love Skittles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, People seem to like that more, but we were opposite. But it's it's also like what you watch first, you know, and like right. what you're like. We knew the story already, and it was kind of cool to see things that were similar and things that were different. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was so interesting the way uh, the way I described it that Amanda also latched onto is that uh, love and death is scream and candy is stab. 
It's like <laughs> it's like the in movie version of what we just saw of real life. Yeah, and it's a little more hammed up. It's a little more like uh, a little less good. And yeah. uh, but still the same story. So like that's that was my best like version of like how they felt together to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it was really good too. Uh, uh, we were distracted as well because Justin Timberlake shows up as one of the cops, and we're like, oh, that's. Oh, yeah. That's strange. And then his partner is um, Jason Ritter, who is Melanie Linsky's husband. So it was both of the main girls, the main women's husbands in real life played oh. cops that investigated this murder. Wild. Okay. And I was like mind blown by that. But Justin Timberlake was good in it, but he was really mm-hmm. distracting to us. Like it was like, oh, that's Justin Timberlake as a mustachioed cop. Got it. Mm-hmm. Not as a, a real cop. And so uh, that kind of took us out of it. But uh, otherwise, we liked it. Um, there's still a uh, a TV movie version of this from 1990 that I, I want to perfect my, my trifecta here. So I'm going to watch that yeah. as well. Just because the story is so wild about these two women who had like one encounter. They, they, they were friends, had a talk, and then one gets killed by an axe. And yeah. brutal, like 41 times hit with an axe and then it, the resulting trial. And it was just this wild story. So, uh, yeah, they're both good, but I, I would recommend Love and Death more. And uh, if you've seen Candy and you're intrigued by that story, I would I would implore you to watch the other one. But you're going to get the same thing. There's not really a lot of revelations between them. Mm-hmm. Just totally different acting styles and tones. And yeah. uh, it was a really interesting experiment to see two tv it's like the deep impact armageddon for whatever reason <laughs> right. these stories came out at the same yeah. time it's wild to me so it was cool to see it though but uh that's candy on hulu and then you can watch love and found or i keep saying that love and, and death on a, on max so yeah i love that you're going in like reverse release order mm, for the story mm. you know I'm, that, that uh, 19 did you say it's 1990s 1990 yeah yeah 1990 uh wow damn it'll be interesting to see that after all these yeah uh, and that, like we were talking about, I don't know if Amanda's going to watch with me or not, but I was like, yeah, it's so wild because in 1990, of course, they're going to make like one TV movie about this. That's not going to get, it's not going to go anywhere or be much. It's going to yeah. be kind of cheesy. And now it's like prestige TV that is better than most movies out there. And what a, right. what a turn of events in 30 years, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. So, uh, it's wild to see that, but I'm, I'm curious enough about the story to, to follow up with that in reverse order. So it's been a, it's been intriguing to watch it that way. If you went back in 1990 and said, okay, there's going to be a prestige version of this on, uh, let's call it uh, HBO. Um, <laughs> now, it's going to star one of the Olsons. Oh, like uh, <laughs> from Full House? Well, kind of. It's their younger sister. Right. Yeah. Who will be she's much gonna, better than they were ever were. Yeah. She's going to be a huge star at this yeah. point. Damn. She's going to be in uh, the Avengers movies. What's the Avengers? Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, well, here, have a seat. Have a seat. Yeah, it is wild to think of that and how different mm-hmm. the landscape is now and the people involved. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. But it was it was cool, man. Same year as uh, Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Oh, so that takes you. That sets the tone right there. Mm-hmm. It's a good look. I will say my last thing with this, because I don't think I mentioned it last week, is that uh, this event happened on Friday the 13th, June 13th, 1980, is when she was murdered and uh the shining premiered that day so they talk about an axe murder movie was like in the papers when this happened yeah. so they were like at first they thought like is this like a devil thing worship thing and she saw the shining and murdered her friend uh but i was like man didn't friday the 13th come out that day it must have right no friday the 13th came out like on may 9th 
<laughs> like on a random fucking day. They totally had a Friday the 13th ready to go in the middle of the summer, but I guess they didn't want to compete. I don't know. I was like, man, missed opportunity. That could have been the same day, which they, also has axe murders in it. So yeah. <laughs> would have been would have been great. They could have just waited one month. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was with that, but uh, wow. I was like, oh, it had to have been right now. No, they they go see uh, Empire Strikes Back premiered that same weekend or whatever. That's instead. right. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, little, little low budget, you know, horror movie didn't want to compete, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been wild if that was the case. But it, either mm-hmm. way. It happened whenever, like, uh, the Friday the 13th Jason type stuff wasn't in the culture, right? And then this this thing happened. So looking back on it anyway is kind of weird. But uh, Wow. Yeah. It's she was the first weird. Jason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you know the ending of that first movie, it fits really pretty well. So, yeah. Right on, man. Anything oh, yeah. else for you for mini topics? Uh, no. If you want, we can move on to the main topic at hand. Excellent. Yeah. So today we are discussing the way, way back. Uh, I think I I found this movie years ago when it came out and I've loved it but I think you're the one that suggested it for this show yeah um, are you familiar with this movie before me or is it me telling you about it how did that do you remember like your first viewing yeah you had told me about it I believe this was in like year one or two of the podcast you had mentioned it and then okay. I uh, came across it and watched it I immediately fell in love with this movie oh. I yeah I think I've only seen it once which was that time uh, I had mentioned it to you uh, on like a subsequent, subsequent, <laughs> subsequent, <laughs> subsequent uh, recording, and uh, we talked about it briefly. But this is gotcha. uh, one that I've kind of filed away in the back of my head, where I want to do a deep dive discussion with you on it. Um, right and on. so I, I've I've seen it twice now. I okay. watched it last night uh, in preparation for this recording, and uh, this movie came out in 2013. So mm-hmm. this is the 10-year anniversary of it. Oh, that's and even fun. Yeah, I didn't realize. Cool. This is very much a, like, vacation movie. So, like, when I... The idea in my head for a vacation month, this one was, like, uh, ground zero for that idea. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, especially because we've been, uh, at the earlier part of this year, kind of, uh, having some type of um, tangential... Uh, relation between different movies that we discuss or whatever i thought i bet we can string together four vacation movies of of some sort you know totally uh and it's only just now occurring to me that we didn't do any of the like chevy chase vacation movies <laughs> that have vacation in the title well they're not i know my favorite one of that is is christmas so we're definitely not doing that now mm-hmm. and uh the original vacation is pretty great but yeah i i feel like we had a good list though mm-hmm. better yeah we don't need chevy chase okay basically is what i'm saying Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. That good. works for me. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've, I've only seen this uh, twice. I'm really having trouble speaking today. I'm mispronouncing every syllable. I think you're doing great. I, is this what Ryan Johnson feels like all the time? Ryan Seacrest? That's me, classic Boston. <laughs> or, uh, uh, where's he from? Who? Fuck. Ryan Johnson? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Baltimore. Baltimore is where he's from. But who's Ryan Johnson? From uh, uh, the movies. The movies. Ryan Johnson. Is he an actor? <laughs> from I'm uh, so Glass Onion and uh, Knives Out. 
Oh, Ryan Johnson. I was Ryan looking with, for like with an, an eye, actor yeah. in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not the the great director, Ryan Johnson, of course. Exactly. Well, yeah. I haven't spelled it with a, a Y. I feel so bad now. Ryan <laughs> jo- Man, we got there, though. Did uh, we? Yeah, I mean, I mean, his movies could be uh, vacation movies as well, especially uh, Glass Onion. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, Thanks for bringing yeah. it back. That was a disaster. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so the way way back for me, uh, yeah, it was 10 years ago. I, I guess I do remember that because this is the 10 year that 10th year that I've been living in Houston. So I had moved from Tulsa, uh, near my beloved Brent and moved far yeah. away to, uh, to sweaty Houston. And, uh, <laughs> this movie, uh, so when I moved here, I was working at Alamo draft house. I was trying to make this thing work. It was sort of a dream. Uh, and then the restaurant industry just really pummeled me into the ground and I kind of hated everything. So this was about six months later. This premiered in July of, uh, 2013. So, uh, this was like about six months after I had been here. And, uh, I remember being kind of depressed. I, I didn't, I hadn't found my footing in Houston. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. It would take me at least another five years to find my footing in Houston. Damn. But, uh, this movie kind of, uh, gave me something to latch onto on a random afternoon. And it, it really mm-hmm. meant something to me. So much so that I immediately wrote, I, at the time I was writing like Twitter size, like 140 character reviews of movies and sometimes putting them on Twitter, sometimes putting them on Letterboxd. And, uh, this movie meant so much to me that I didn't even post my review because I was like, it doesn't, I don't even want to hear feedback from the rest of the world. This movie is perfect. It yeah. is beautiful. And it really meant something to me. Uh, I, I specifically remember being, we were staying with, uh, Amanda's parents at the time cause we had just moved down here. So we were trying to get our footing. And uh, Amanda was taking a nap. It was like a rainy afternoon on like a Saturday or Sunday. I was I was playing with a puzzle on the table and I just heard about this movie. It looked kind of fun. I put it on and it fucking blew me away so much that when Amanda woke up from her nap, I watched it. I made her watch it with me all over again. And then I started it a third time that day. It, it meant a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something about the feeling of this movie it is just beautiful. I love coming of age stories, but uh, the main kid um, who plays Duncan, uh, Liam James, is is just a, a revelation in this. And then the uh, r- it was written and directed by Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who are both in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, this they are like, uh, I don't know, it's like a direct line into my soul. They was just like, yeah. the writing was just so perfect. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a lot to me. And I over time I have shared it with people. So I'm glad that eventually I did with you. Uh, not that I ever thought you would give me backlash and hate it or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, but man, I'm glad that you like it because uh, yeah, it's it's to me it means something. This is this is one of my movies. So absolutely, and uh, I don't know if I'm just like turning into Kevin Smith uh, at this point, but like I got to the end of this movie, like literally the last shot of the movie, and I started tearing up. Oh, and uh, beautiful. like my my little uh, I was sitting right next to my wife my little dog Miles was sitting in between us he had uh-huh. his his head resting on my belly and he was looking up at me and I, I was just like oh god oh god, oh god. like <laughs> I'm just come. it's just uh, it's just a wonderful fucking movie right um, it, it's kind of like what I was talking different movie altogether but it gives me the same feeling as um, not the same feeling but what am I trying to say uh, very low stakes in this movie mm-hmm. similar to uh, Banshees of Inishirin, which I saw oh, and loved as well. Okay, yeah. But I got so invested emotionally into the characters of both movies. Mm. Um, this movie in particular, I feel, really expresses that awkwardness of being a young boy. Right. I, I'm sure this goes across genders as well, which are a construct to begin with. <laughs> I just learned that. Uh, but, uh, but you're like, I'm trying. Uh, 
I, I think it, it speaks to that awkwardness that we all go through right. and uh, wanting to find your sense of belonging and, you know, found mm. family is still family, you know, right. For and, sure. um, it's, it's just beautifully written, beautifully directed. And, uh, the, the humor is there to allow some, uh, some levity in between the, the doldrums of right. what this kid Duncan is going through. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you saying the same things because, uh, it just, I don't know. It just has this feeling. It, it um, the directors, the writers and directors had made uh, in 2011. They had won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay for The Descendants, which is another vacation movie um, in Hawaii with um, uh, great people in it. Um, you know, like uh, George Clooney. <laughs> Fucking, yes. I couldn't remember his name. Is it uh, Anna Kendrick in that as well? Or am I thinking of a different? Oh, Judy Greer's in it. Anna Kendrick. Oh no, no, Judy Greer is in uh, Up in the Air. With uh, okay. George Clooney, yeah, which came out in that same kind of era, though. This one okay. has um, Shailene Woodley as oh, George Clooney's okay. daughter. So it's like yeah. uh, in that movie, um, George Clooney's wife is in a boating accident and she has a she has a head injury. So don't get triggered. Oh God. God. I know oh uh, she's in a coma and uh, George Clooney is like uh, he lives in Hawaii and his his daughter, Shailene Woodley, is kind of like a, a troubled kid, gets into a lot of she's like in a private school and she gets mm-hmm. drunk all the time or whatever. And they uh, come back to take care of the mom, and Shailene Woodley reveals that she had found out that their her mom had been cheating on him, and that mm. uh, Matthew Lillard is the guy, what? and he's on the island. And so they go. Have you ever seen this before? No. The Descendants. Okay, they go on an adventure. It's basically like him and his and his daughter kind of go on this adventure together, get to know each other. Also, coming of age kind of story. Mm. Uh, it's it's a, a lot darker story, obviously, because it's like this cheating scandal, and uh, he's like dealing with his wife almost dying and stuff. But um, there's a lot of good people in it, and uh, mm. it is also just beautifully written. It's an Alexander Payne movie. He was also a co-writer with them, but they wrote that and won the Academy Award, and then two years later got to make their own movie, and uh, it is equally as beautiful and and interesting to me uh in the way way back so uh i just love those guys so much and they're they're great in the movie as well as actors they're uh Mm. they're they both work at the water park and that sam rockwell runs and uh yeah so i i really just love the whole vibe of this movie Mm. it's just got a a warm hug sort of feeling even though there's like uh some dickish moments in there with steve carell Mm. and some other things that you know are kind of like sad stories but i think at the end of the day like it's a coming of age story and you know you Mm. get good and, and sad and whatever in there so yeah, Jim Rash I'm familiar with from the TV show Community. He played the dean on that oh, show. Okay, right and, on. and he he was like fully bald, no facial hair. So, and I I forgot who all was in this movie when I played it last night. Right. So I, I remembered that both directors were in the movie, but I forgot he had a fucking handlebar mustache, some like weird <laughs> yeah. hair around the, the side. Like he looks very scraggly, you know, right, right. I'm used to seeing him. So like clean shaven. Uh, so that was fun. And then, um, uh, yeah, I remembered Sam Rockwell was in the movie, obviously, yeah. and then the kid who plays Duncan. But beyond that, I totally forgot. So every time I would see somebody new on screen, like in my notes app, I would put <laughs> Tony Collette. I forgot she was in this. My Rudolph is in it. Wow. Okay. Just like so many people I love oh are my in this God. movie. And they all have different roles, like such great roles for each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can run through that real quick. So Steve Carell plays the mm-hmm. uh, like the new stepdad, sort of. He owns the vacation home that they're going to. The, the story is basically just that um, Tony Collette is, uh, has gotten together with Steve Carell. They both have, uh, he has a, a daughter, she has a son. They bring them to Steve Carell's beach house that he's had as like a family house for years. What the fuck these people do? I don't know. They just get to go for a whole summer and just hang out at the beach. That was my thought as well, yeah. <laughs> 
I, I have no idea how that even fucking works. I don't works. understand. They make a joke because of that the car that he drives, this old green and brown station wagon, and and Allison Janney there is the like drunk neighbor uh, who's just fallen off the wagon, and and uh, she's a delight in this movie, uh, always a yeah. delight, but delight in this movie. Always. She makes a joke about Steve Carell having bad taste as a car salesman, so. That's my best guess, but I'm still like, you just get to take off during the summer? Like, Amanda was like, isn't that your best time to sell cars? Like, Yeah, you work off of commission. It's so (laughs) weird to me. Uh, And all of these adults, like Allison Janney's just there all summer long. Like, they have no, nothing to do. She was another delight. She was another revelation when I was watching this. It was like, Tony Collette and Allison Janney, and they interact several times throughout the movie? Fuck yeah, dude. They are so good. Allison Janney is just she just kills it every time I see her on anything. How do she's great? God, yeah. she's so when she's her line when, when I fell off the wagon again. Let's accept it, and move on. Amanda and I say that all the time. There's so many great one-liners in this, and she mm. she's always a delight. She's one of the reasons I like the West Wing so much. Uh, oh wow, yeah, yeah, she's great in that. Uh, she but plays she's the same so character. Funny. Might as well. Uh, <laughs> she's she's just a delight in everything I see her in. Uh, and as you said, yeah, Tony Collette is great. Uh, Anna Sophia Robb plays Alice yeah. and Janie's daughter, who's a neighbor kid that uh, the main kid, uh, Liam James, who plays Duncan, has a crush on. She's also really fantastic. Sam Rockwell, as you said, always a big favorite of, of us over here. And he fucking kills in this movie. Uh, Maya Rudolph works for him at the water park mm-hmm. and is kind of a love interest for him. Rob Corddry and Amanda Peet uh, kind of round out the cast for people yeah. that I know as uh, friends of Steve Carell's that he grew up with. And uh, yeah, everybody in this is just phenomenal. It was made for $5 million, so it's not like this huge movie it made 26.9 uh so it made money it was decent it's a little indie flick but they really got this stellar cast um who i assume that they've just worked with people or know people and and mm-hmm. got them on board but uh uh yeah it's just great so uh did you want to have any more non-spoiler talks or you want to get into spoiler territory uh yeah just one additional non-spoiler thing is that i saw that this movie was in development hell for a while and then Mm. eventually got picked up by fox searchlight and i'm so glad that it did and we need this type of movie to be like out there um and it is so you know that worked out this is the same year that iron man 3 came out if i remember correctly oh wild yeah it was yeah it's it's weird to compare these movies uh coming out the way they do but uh Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Steve Carell. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Steve Carell and, uh, and Sam Rockwell were the, the two that I remembered were in the movie. Okay. And Steve Carell's performance in this is such a uh, 180 from the character he's most well known for, which is Michael Scott from The Office. Mm. But I think he does a fantastic fucking job in this. He's so unlikable oh by my design. Gosh. And uh, I, I know he was in that movie Foxcatcher, uh, mm-hmm. where he, he is supposed to have given like an equally... Uh, gripping performance but yeah I, i've never seen that movie it's okay yeah is it okay um he's all right it's like they have a prosthetic nose on him which is really distracting it's not like uh okay. <laughs> it's, it's well done but it's it's not like joseph gordon levitt and looper it doesn't look like uh-huh. oh it's him but it's cool and it's different and it looks mm-hmm. got it looks good whatever it's like oh it looks really weird and uh yeah it's a weird movie in general Foxcatcher, but uh yeah i knew him mostly i didn't know the office really i mean i know him of it but i don't watch that mm-hmm. so i knew him from like 40 year old virgin where he's this like sweet lovable guy and the fact that he can come off as such a, a good dick like he's yeah. so mean in this movie but he sells mm-hmm. it and it's like dramatic and he's not funny in it at all like it was like right. wow he can do do it all like he's he's so mm-hmm. great in this movie as well yeah even though he's great him. <laughs> he's got a great five o'clock shadow as well. Yeah, like the whole time, right? The whole time, yeah. Yeah. It's great. 
yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, want to get into some spoiler talks. So from here on out, uh, be warned. But hopefully mm-hmm. you've all watched the movie because it's mm-hmm. just a delight. And uh, really, I, I really do want to share this movie with uh, with everybody because I feel like it's good for, for the soul. Good to yeah. watch it. And it is weird with a movie like this to, like, say there are spoilers because it's really just like there's not much to it moments you witness it's not, it's not like and then the sky portal opens up <laughs> you know like there's no like right. major twist to it it's just right. like a story you experience it it resonates on a on an emotional level right that i hope speaks to most if not everyone um but yeah like there are little story beats that come up here and there that that maybe we, uh, we want to discuss so uh, if you haven't seen the movie yet certainly pause this episode watch the movie check out the just watch it app to see where it's streaming and then uh or rent it buy it honestly i would say buy it i you got the it. ducats yeah buy that shit you know yeah absolutely it's worth and it and then uh come back and finish this episode but uh, yeah if you want we can move on to spoiler talk let's do it um so I, like you said it's like there's not anything major about the story i do have a lot of notes on here it's more like scenes that i really like uh lines that i might like from different people but uh, I want to start off just right at the beginning. I I, I, I don't know. I, I, I remember so vividly the moments that I watched this movie. And the second it starts, the the way it's like this passing car and you get like um, kind of like cut out letters for the, for the opening credits. And it's like the trees moving by uh, to show that. And it, it just like has this calming effect on me or whatever. And the music starts yeah. up. You get this opening scene with Steve Carell being an absolute dick to his new like stepkid. Uh, mm-hmm. wants to be a stepkid they're not married yet but uh tony collette the mom is asleep the daughter's asleep in the back uh and the way way back is duncan and then uh, out of nowhere uh Trent... that's why it's called that <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna bring it up i didn't know if it was like well known or not that's so funny no to me. i thought about this after i watched the movie i was like why is this movie called this weird okay yeah yeah yeah. well it happened organically wow. that way that's good yeah i didn't even really know that either apparently that's like what kids have called it for years like decades so like that's you know station wagons uh the way way back is like that third seat that faces backwards uh so that's where the guys took it from as far as i know for their screenplay like they just called it that uh as kids or whatever and then they stuck with it but it, it's a perfect yeah. i don't know uh it's, it's perfect for this movie in a lot of ways um yeah. It fits obviously that that opening moment and then the the closing moment uh, with Duncan and back there uh, and his growth over time and from this like introvert to this you know amazing kid uh, as he's opened up and blossomed as he's mm-hmm. worked at the water park. But uh, that opening scene with Steve Carell, you just get that sense that he's a dick right away, and you're like, oh my right god, away. this is this is gonna be different than I know him. Yeah. And, uh, he's so mean. Uh, but then like the music kicks in the, the whole feeling of this movie, just even with that scene, which I'll skip sometimes. So I've watched it several, like 20 times or whatever. I'll skip that opening scene sometimes just cause I don't need it. I, uh, it's almost like a bad feeling to open it up, but it mm-hmm. still feels comforting. Like the whole way it's shot, uh, the music in and stuff I, I really like. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just get a good vibe, uh, right away. You see Sam Rockwell, they do kind of like a montage of them getting into the town and like Sam Rockwell's mm-hmm. in his car behind him. Like they kind of slowly introduce people and, uh, and you're just following Duncan through this movie. Like there, there are so many different threads and uh, characters involved that go through lots of arcs. Uh, his mom is definitely going through a big arc herself, but, uh, mm-hmm. I love, I love coming of age stories. Uh, he's supposed to be 14. He was like actually 15 in real life when he filmed it. 
he looks like a teenager, you know, it, it just has mm-hmm. a good vibe overall. Uh, better than most movies or even try to do with teen movies these days. It really, it really yeah. handles it with, uh, not kid gloves. It's like, these mm-hmm. are real emotions and you're going through real stuff. And, uh, yeah. they really don't, they don't play around with that, which I love. Yeah. Liam James, who plays Duncan is such a perfect example of an awkward kid. Like oh. he just has the, like the body language, his shoulders are kind of rolled forward, right. you know, and he kind of hunches around whenever he, he goes anywhere. He's in this beach town he's dressed in like full denim jeans <laughs> close-toed shoes like he, he eventually goes to the water park and starts working there they give him a, a t-shirt and instead of taking off his current shirt and putting on the new blue one he just puts on a second layer of a t-shirt <laughs> where right. it's like summertime it has to be fucking hot there wherever right. they are you know um but yeah he's he just does a really good subdued performance you know mm, like he's, right he's trying to find himself he's trying to find his place in life essentially mm-hmm. um he he loves his mom but he's in this like awkward situation he doesn't really know where he belongs what what his role is right. in his family um you know th- like you were saying the way way back is a um a term for his placement in the station wagon but also his place in that dynamic right you know? yeah like, there you go He's in this awkward spot of it sounds like maybe his his parents recently separated or got a divorce or something like that. And yeah, it doesn't sound like, you know, based on the the conversation later in the movie, it sounds like the dad doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. The mom's just trying to find somebody else to, you know, to to have another partner, Mm -hmm, uh, which is understandable. But uh, Steve Carell ain't it. Oh this, my gosh! This, this fucking guy. Like, whenever at the beginning of the movie where he's like, "What do you rate yourself?" Ugh. Like, that's such a disgusting question to, to me. start like, off with. And then yeah. what he tells him is even worse. And you're like, "Man, this guy is awful." Yeah, Duncan says he thinks he's a six, and then he's like, "I think you're a three It's Ugh. like, "God damn, he's just gonna chop him in half right. like that." But <laughs> what also, a like, move. If, if you were to ask somebody that question and they were like, "I'm a fucking ten no, get off of the planet right now. <laughs> We need to have a a slingshot on every continent where yeah. people who are that cocky just fired directly to the heart of the sun. I bet he would answer that way, Steve Carell. He'd be like, yeah. I'm a 10, number one. Got it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, he would feel that way. He'd be that that cocky asshole. But um, yeah. yeah, he's the kind of cocky asshole bully who, who says that to a kid, you know? Jesus. That is one of those weird things about this movie is like, it's a teenager-led a, a teenager movie, but the bully is a person twice his age mm-hmm. right like uh every other person that duncan meets in this movie is pretty fucking cool you know yeah. like it to, to some extent um I, I really thought because again i haven't seen this movie in in a while i really thought that whenever he would go get the cardboard from the the kids dancing over there oh yeah that there's gonna be a fight or something like that that uh, mm-hmm. sam rockwell was gonna have to break up but i forgot that no there's no, let's dance a little bit, you know? And he right. he has some, like, awkward dance moves. Oh, my God, it's so awkward, but I love they it. They earned his respect, <laughs> and he's like, he, he does. He, like, finds his place in, like, an awkward and uncomfortable situation. Totally. And they, they just call him Pop and Lock from there. And uh, he's, like, people like him yeah. from that, you know? He's getting validation, which you can clearly see he has never gotten. Uh, even right. from his mom, who I think is genuinely good. Uh, she just chose wrong with, with Trent. Uh, in this movie but uh yeah. overall i feel like duncan has felt lost and introverted and doesn't have a lot of friends and i feel bad so bad for him because i've i've felt those moments too you know like um mm-hmm. overall i've i think i've been blessed with a lot of friends 
uh, in my life, but there have definitely been moments when I switched schools, for instance, where I only had a handful of friends from church and didn't have classes with them. And then I'm all of a sudden shoved in these rooms with people that have grown up together and I have no idea. And like that awkwardness of being the loner on the side, like when he's, uh, you said that he's in full jeans and shit at the water park and Sam Rockwell's like, we've been in complaints. You got to leave. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would he do? Like he could bring swim trunks and get in line, but he's just going to be by himself. Like it's hard as a kid to make, like, you're not going to be in line next to other kids and automatically just talk to them and be able to hang out with mm-hmm. them all day. Like a lot of kids can't do that and, uh, and wouldn't be accepted or whatever. And to see him grow throughout it, uh, especially with that Papa Lock nickname that he gets stuck with, and uh, that whole scene is so is so great because, like other movies, you do think that oh, this is gonna spell trouble, like he's gonna get get in a fight. But Sam Rockwell is a great mentor throughout this, I feel, and uh, yeah. a great father figure for him, and allowing mm-hmm. him, like even when Maya Rudolph was like, "You got to go take care of that," and he's like, "No, I, I Duncan's got to do it." Uh, you feel like, are you being an irresponsible adult? But then it, it works out and it's nice. And it's, uh, yeah. that's why I like this movie, even though it has some hard moments and some bullying, uh, at the end of the day, it's, that's life. And, uh, and seeing Duncan mm. come through that and become this awesome kid at the end is so mm. awesome. And you can really see the change throughout the movie in him. Like he starts sitting yeah. up taller, like he looks older. Like, I don't know how long they actually filmed the movie, but it looks like they filmed it over a whole year. Like he does look like he's aged and it's, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. There's that uh, scene after he starts working at the water park, he starts gaining confidence like you were talking about. And then there's that montage where I think it's that uh, new sensation by NXS. Oh, yeah, right on, yeah. oh my God. The needle drops in this movie <laughs> oh, are so pretty good. fucking good. Like yeah. it doesn't quite make sense because I feel like it's contemporary. So it took place in 2013 or uh, 20, yeah, 2013. Yeah, right. But like it still works somehow. Like I don't I don't know if I necessarily buy a young person knowing uh, or listening to REO Speedwagon right. or whatever, but for this movie, it works somehow. I, I can't figure figure it out. Yeah, that's one of my my favorite parts of this movie, uh, and one of the things I latched onto immediately, and uh, is that from the car, like this old station wagon that looks like from the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, it's like green and brown to REO Speedwagon. At that moment, I'm not even sure if, if it's an iPod or maybe a phone, but I don't know if you noticed, there's not a single other cell phone in this movie. Oh, wild. Uh, nobody uses them. It's like a movie out of time. And I remember yeah. first watching it being like, when is this supposed to happen? Like, because you'll realize, like, uh, Susanna, the neighbor kid, in, in one mm. moment is holding a cell phone and she's like, I'm waiting for a call from my dad. Yeah. But she doesn't get on the phone. They mm-hmm. never are texting. They're never on social media. None of the adults are. None of the kids are. And so it's like it, re- it is 2013, but it removes itself and places itself in this limbo that I love because it mm-hmm. makes me feel like 80s movies that I grew up with or maybe even 90s movies. And I love that with this movie because it, you can't really tell when it falls. You almost have to like stop and be like, oh, no, no, no. But that's definitely a new car. Yeah. So it's definitely 2013. But like Sam Rockwell's car is really old. Uh, mm-hmm. The main car that they drive is really old, and then you don't really ever see another car yeah. uh, that anybody drives. So, like, they they keep things kind of contained in this weird, this weird out of out of time bubble that I I just love about this movie. It's part of the whole feeling for it for me. And then, like, the bike that uh, Duncan rides, yeah. it, it looks like an older bike. I don't I don't know if they right. still make bikes that look like that or whatever. It, totally, it reminds me of Phoebe's bike from Friends, <laughs> right. where she's as an adult trying to learn how to ride the bike. But yeah. he like rips the streamers off of it in this movie and uh, has yeah. the basket on there. And, and I think it's like a pink bike or whatever he rides it's into a pink town. Bike, but- he rocks it, man. Yeah, it's he just like, like fucking goes. Yeah, I like pink. It's fucking, freedom, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I, 
I don't know. It, there's just so much to like. Like, whenever he's uh, leaving the water park on his first day, Sam Rockwell has his com- shitty convertible pulled up. He's like, right, yeah, just right. throw your bike in the back and, you know, well, I'll, I'll take you where to go. And, um, uh, uh, Duncan is like lifting the bike over there and uh, Sam Rockwell says I'd help you but uh, you know I'm holding the steering wheel <laughs> just like so he like, uses literally one finger to help him like, get it in <laughs> his performance in this Sam Rockwell is a treat absolutely everything. absolutely uh, but damn yeah he's so good in this uh, when they have that little party back at his place which I love that his apartment is overlooking the water park mm-hmm. But he has everyone show up there and they have the little like dance party and he does his little like Justin Hammer dances where his yes. legs are fly out to the side of him or whatever. He looks like a cartoon character. Oh, fuck, I love, I love that so much. I just want him to dance and everything. I I thought I heard that he's supposed to come back as Justin Hammer in the Armor oh. Wars TV show on Disney+. Plus. That would be fantastic. I would fucking love that. Missed opportunity. They haven't used him more. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because any any opportunity you get to see Sam Rockwell is a good one. Yeah. And uh, I feel like this movie in particular is one of my favorite roles of his. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see him um, kind, kind of in a, I mean, he's supporting, but he's kind of in a lead adult role in this. Mm. And to see a mentor like that, um, even though he doesn't have his life together, it's kind of beautiful when he's honest with Duncan later on as well. Like, mm. oh, when the water park closes and it gets cold here, you want to fucking like paint houses or bar back and yeah. uh, all this shit. Like my life is not great, but then he, you know, he has his arc as well with Maya Rudolph and trying to be more adult. And mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to see everybody, not everybody, but the, the people that do have those arcs uh, have them. Um, it's kind of nice, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, he just knocks it out. Uh, yeah. Another. Yeah. I was just going to say with uh, uh, he and Maya Rudolph, their characters, like she mm. yells at him uh, like, hey, I, I'm, I'm tired of being the one to have to handle all of this responsibility. Right. And then Sam Rockwell, you can see he like internalizes it, that statement yeah. for once. And then the next day he's there early. He's laying up the, the chairs. He's got his his actual uniform shirt on inside <laughs> yeah. out, but it's on, you right. know, but it's there. Yeah. And uh, he uh, beats Maya Rudolph to to work and. Uh, she kind of is taken aback a little bit, but yeah, th- you you don't really see the closure on their relationship. Maybe they got together, maybe not. We don't know, but it's just yeah. that little bit of the mending of the fences between them that sure is really all we need, you know. Yeah, and she's also gives a really um, understated performance in this because mm. she they both are not like they're really for comic relief. Like he has moments and she has a few moments, but for the most part, they a lot of this movie is is pretty dramatic. Yeah, um, and they have like a serious like problem in their relationship. Like she wants to be there, and but he's not, you know, being an adult or whatever. And uh, yeah, seeing them kind of work through that, and then you get hints that they are going to get together, but you don't get that finality, but you don't need it. It's like, I love that at the end of this movie, it is just like a summer for this kid. And he's Mm -hmm. probably never going to see these people again. Like there's no reason for him to come back. Uh, This is going to be a blip, but it's going to be a memory. He's never going to forget these people like Sam Rockwell, especially. And, uh, and all of them, it's kind of bittersweet at the end when they're saying goodbye, but I've had those moments too. Like, growing up where I've met people at church camp or various places, whatever. And I, I know that's probably going to be it, but we had a magical moment together and mm-hmm. those can be great relationships. And the way this movie is able to capture those, uh, where a lot of movies wouldn't even try is kind of nice. Yeah. So, um, just a lot of great characters in this that I, I just love to see. Yeah. It's one of those things in life that is underrepresented in movies, uh, where sometimes you have just flash in the pan people that you meet you know i feel right like you were saying i feel like i'm uh, fortunate enough to have a lot of uh really good friends um but sometimes you just meet people for uh i don't know 
a few moments and then right. they have a huge impact on you uh yeah. like um sam rockwell's character did for duncan it, it really like turned his life around it allowed him to be yeah. able to stand up at the beginning of the movie when duncan is talking to um what i call him michael scott steve carell um, <laughs> yeah. and there's a, some conflict there and you could tell that duncan is definitely not happy but he's not really wanting to make waves at that point in his right. life um it doesn't really stand up for himself and then later on in the movie after he's had some independence he started working at the water park etc he is able to like there's a, like a verbal confrontation uh with mm-hmm. uh, duncan he actually shoves steve carell's character oh, and it's that just scene is so hard to watch it really is man it's yeah. like this movie is labeled as a comedy but it's right it's kind of a little bit of everything you know yeah yeah it's yeah. definitely a dramedy yeah. uh if you will it's it's got both of those and i feel like movies that embrace that and can do it really well and they're written really well mm-hmm. can really just uh, i don't know they they feel better than other movies they're they're not trying to be one thing they're trying to be a real story and yeah. uh you get a you, you get a sense of so many underlying things but you don't need to peel back all the layers and clearly duncan has you know abandonment issues with his mm-hmm. dad and um has you know Oh, uh, even Trent to uh, Steve Carell has clearly has issues like his dad probably treated him this way. That's why he does that to people, too. And uh, and is affected that way. But that scene uh, where where Duncan like loses it at the party and calls everybody out. Um, Tony Collette is beautiful in that scene. Yeah. It's so emotional. But this kid, uh, Liam James, who plays Duncan, I was looking him up. He did like one movie after this. He's done some other TV shows mm-hmm. and stuff. I I remember watching this and being like, he's going to be a huge fucking star. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way he won't be. Uh, and it reminds me of the same era. I think it was 2011 that Super 8 came out. And I thought all the kids in oh, that yeah. were going to be huge fucking stars. They're amazing. Uh-huh. And they did, like, nothing. Like, mm-hmm. they're just not around as much as I thought. And I thought he was going to go on to big things. And uh, I'm just glad we have this one performance from him at least because it's it's stellar. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he was, he was so great in this movie. Mm-hmm. I know, and it's so understated that it's like... It's hard to portray like verbally to someone who's not seen this movie. Oh yeah, he doesn't really do much in his career. Right. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. he really sells. You're, you're glued to the <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's um, amazing. But uh, yeah, uh, you think I Brent would remember the name Trent, but I did not. <laughs> You gave me a look earlier. Uh, people can't see, obviously. And I was like, did he think I said Brent? Because I definitely said Trent. You did. You did say uh, it. Yeah. I was just like, but, uh, oh, yeah, I should remember that. <laughs> he, I have this thing about names, too, that I, I've, I've said for years uh, that I, I think everybody has a, uh, an arch, ne- arch nemesis out there somewhere. Yeah. And that if you meet you have to fight to the death and you might, most people just never find there's whatever. And, uh, uh Trent and Kip are the friends. <laughs> and I feel like those are two names of people that I would meet and be like, Oh, these guys are douchebags immediately. Oh, you know def- definitely a Kip. I don't even, I forgot that a name Kip. even existed, but I hate oh, it. Oh my I, God. It riled right. such, uh, visceral feelings in me. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, mine usually is chip. So it's really close chip. to that. Uh, yeah. chip. I feel like if I met a chip, who's like all like preppy and stuff, yeah. I would know in an instant. That's my arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. I got to take him out. Uh, but yeah, Kip and Trent just sound like they sound like the douchebags. They tell stories about like yeah. leaving a girl in the dunes and like going out to party and like coming back to check her in the morning and stuff. And then it's like, they're still friends, mm-hmm. but that's a dick move to do or whatever. And they yeah. just laugh about it. You know, you can tell they were like hellions as teenagers and, uh, I'm much more the the kind of kid like Duncan was as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, that I was trying to find my way, and 
I don't know, trying to find the cool adults around me too to like make sense of anything in this fucking crazy world. Yeah. And when you can find them, it's so nice. And I, I love the that he finds the mentors that he can in this movie. So Yeah, and that's one of the the best things about um Sam Rockwell and like the the whole water park staff is they just treat right. him they don't treat him like differently. Like they, they're, they're accepting. Yeah. They like razz him a little bit, but that's just like helping to bring him out of the shell, you know? Sure. That, yeah. that scene where, uh, Susanna shows up at the water park. She like follows him and goes back, gets her swim stuff, comes back, right. sees him there. <laughs> and then, uh, he's, he's talking to her and then Sam Rockwell and then, uh, Nat Faxon, his character are in the background. And then Sam Rockwell gets on the intercom system and, He's probably oh my like God. in front of everybody. Yeah, probably like 17 feet away from him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could have just yelled, but he said, I need you to come over here real quick, real quick. Immediately. Immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then by the time Duncan walks over there, he uh, puts down the microphone. He says, uh, yeah, what's going on? I saw you talking to that girl. What's up? Yeah. Just it's like, just like his interactions are so beautiful. It's, yeah. like, it's amazing. Yeah. So funny. Uh, Nat Faxon being in that seat as well is great. They're both like razzing him like, oh, what are you doing? Talking to a girl? Oh, uh-huh. why aren't you talking to her now? Yeah. Well, because you guys called me over here. Uh-huh. Oh, OK. <laughs> like, they really they razz him in a good way, whereas it's bullying from from Steve Carell. Oh, yeah. It is, uh, it is a, it's almost an accepting way. It's like you're part of the troop. We can make fun of each other. Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of way. Um, it, yeah. It, it felt like for Duncan um, that maybe that situation w- was awkward. And then he goes, gets harassed by his friends. And then he's like, it's almost in a sense they're saying it's OK that this is awkward. Because yeah. as he's walking back, he hops back out on the intercom and said, that was really awkward for you. <laughs> you know? But it's just like it, it, it lets a it takes little pressure off. Yeah, almost. it takes a, a little bit yeah. of the uh, the air out of the balloon, you know. Right. Uh, and then we see that Susanna hangs out with him for the rest of the day and whatnot. So, yeah, was, which is so great. It really was. Um, I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. She's like actually f- or was friends with uh, the stepsister, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, who's a, a bitch as well, just like her dad. Uh, mm-hmm. But Susanna's going through her own shit with her parents divorce and and finds kinship with duncan and and then i don't know like their their relationship blossomy as well uh i think she's a, a phenomenal actress as well and yeah um, her little brother too we even talked about the little peter <laughs> eye patch fucking kid <laughs> luke and leia are hooking up you know they're brother and sister right so yeah <laughs> my god uh he was he was uh, a beacon to the latest uh, porn stuff with these step siblings everywhere oh. <laughs> Jesus, that kid is great. Uh, oh my there's God. so many little, I don't know his name, but uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good addition as well. Allison Janney, uh, whenever she keeps trying to uh, set up a play date between Duncan, who's like, right. I don't know, like a good eight years older than Peter or something like that. Uh, yeah. And he, Duncan is constantly trying to duck that situation, you know? Yeah. We know where you live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and then uh, whenever... Peter, he he doesn't seem like he's lacking any confidence at all, despite no, his, that kid's got it in spades. His yeah. situation with his his eyeball or whatever, and then he has right. to wear a patch for like the latter half of the movie. He shows up at the party with at Sam Rockwell's place, and then Sam Rockwell comes over there. He's like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" And you, do you know how much material I would get if I had that eye? I'm so jealous. <laughs> he was so you in that moment, yeah. dude. Oh my god, when he's like, oh, "I can make so many bits with this," I yeah. was like, "That's Brent to a T, man. <laughs> I love it. You're Sam Rockwell, buddy." Oh my god, I was thinking about this. I was like, I feel like I am a bit of Sam Rockwell's character in this movie, but I, I feel like really from, close, yeah. from an acting standpoint, I would love to have Steve Carell's part just to, oh yeah, just to, cause I feel like I could harness some of that, that energy 
from that'd just be like so interesting for you. Yeah, I've had with people because you're not a bully. No, uh, no, I want to be maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe one day. <laughs> if you practice hard enough, you too can I'll be do a my bully. Best. Yeah, <laughs> that's the lesson to learn from this movie. Yeah, we could all be Steve Carell if we want if we tried hard enough. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Film reel stops. Michael Eisner walks back out. Listen, <laughs> let's talk about fucking bullying you little pieces of shit. Amazing. Uh, so one of my notes that I wanted to bring up specifically for the uh, the feeling outside of town. Yeah. Uh, sorry, outside of time, and uh, and just the whole like the look of this film that I love so much. Um, when Duncan has that bike, he goes to a pizza shop, and it's when he first talks to uh, to uh, I can't remember his name, Sam Rockwell's character, mm-hmm. and that pizza shop. It's like it looks like it has not changed since the 80s. Uh, he's playing Sam Rockwell's playing Pac-Man. That's what they bond over. Like, again, like it feels outside of time. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, that scene, that pizza shop. I, I I don't like working in restaurants. I've tried it now a few times, but they were shitty restaurants. I've always thought if I worked in a mom and pop place or if I had my own, it might be totally different. But I'm kind of just burnt out on it. However, I've had multiple ideas for a pizza shop because it's my favorite food to cook and mm-hmm. one of my favorite foods to eat. And if I made a pizza place, that's exactly what I want it to look like. I want like wood paneling on the walls. Yeah. I want fucking old Pac-Man machines mm-hmm. that cost like a real quarter and not anymore. Like I want things to feel I want those like uh, the seats they have, like the red vinyl seats. Yeah. With like the checker, like green and white checkerboard tops and like the red like plastic cups. It's like an era. Uh, I remember going to Pizza, like even Pizza Hut, like as a kid before they like rebranded and stuff or whatever. And just the look of that place uh, feels like home to me. I fucking love that whole scene. Yeah. Uh, the the cutting your own path, you know, on, on my quarter scene for that that Sam Rockwell says about Pac-Man and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's even like little moments like that when they first meet that are like little quips from him that are just so great. <laughs> Where he talks about uh, he's on the board that has like all the fruit on it or whatever. And then yeah. Duncan's like, that's the first one. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> well, as I said, the game of my life. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I honestly, until that yeah. scene did not realize Duncan also, he's like, I haven't seen the second board and Duncan's like, they're always the same. I feel like I've been playing Pac-Man wrong the entire time. I usually get through that first board and then I get bored. I, I, yeah. Once once you're done, it's just like the same thing over and over again. So I've never gotten a high score on Pac-Man. I've never done really well. I basically play one board and I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. And I've never tried. And I realized like, oh, there's more to this game. <laughs> I just never cared to even give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just looked it up. Sam Rockwell's name in this movie is Owen. I don't Owen. remember. I don't remember hearing. Well, I guess. Yeah, I guess they do mention Maya it a couple Rudolph of times. says it. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, he introduces him to... Uh, his mom. Oh, right. So, yeah, I to guess that's right. Stuff. That's so funny. That scene, too. Totally missed So it. great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. When Sam Rockwell meets Steve Carell, yeah. and he steps between Steve Carell and Duncan, and then, yeah. and then he tries, Steve Carell tries to grab him, and he steps even more between, uh, God, I, I thought I love Sam Rockwell, and then that moment happened, and yeah. it was just like, man, he's, he's just stellar on all fronts in this movie. And you know what? It rings so true to me for that type of personality that Trent has, where... Any type of pushback, even a little bit, right? They're just gonna back off, right? Because it's just like it's all a front. They're they're yeah. dealing with, or they're not dealing with some shit emotionally that they should have a long time ago. Yeah. And then if they get any type of pushback, they're just like, well, f- fuck this, I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like I I love that scene so much. And then you know it's gonna be an awkward car ride home because at this point we've oh my uh, god we, we figured <laughs> <you> out. <laughs> 
<laughs> we figured out that uh, uh, Steve Carell, uh, Trent, uh, had cheated on Tony, mm-hmm. Tony Collette's character, and they're both riding at the the front of the the car at this point. But then eventually she goes to the way way back and right. sits with Duncan, and that's when I started tearing up. I was just like, God. Oh. You it's know, a beautiful scene. It's it, that's the solidarity with her son. You yes, know? yeah, and I feel like that's something yeah. that he was looking for throughout the length of the movie, and right. he finally got it on that last scene. And it's just like them reestablishing that connection. And I feel like she was supportive of him the entire time, but she was also mm-hmm. like going through something difficult, or maybe just got out of something difficult, and then trying right. to find out. <clears throat> Just trying to have some like joy back in her life a little bit, and things just unfortunately didn't end up going the way that she wanted. Um, real quick, did you know that Tony Collette is Australian? I've I didn't realize it was Australian. I saw her on a, a recent uh, like a uh, talk show thing, and I, I she's when I forget that she has an accent. Yeah, it's wild to me. It is. Yeah, I uh, it, you had mentioned this before with. Um, uh, in that, that TV show Candy. Uh, oh, Melanie Linsky. Yeah, she's also she Australian. No fucking yeah. idea until I saw an interview with her. And uh, yeah, like I literally heard like two weeks ago that Tony Collette is a <laughs> is Australian. I was listening That's to wild, a, a yeah. podcast. They're talking about Muriel's wedding. Right, and right. They were talking her about, first big hit. Yeah. Yeah. And they're talking about Australian actors, Tony Collette. I was like, what? This can't be true. And I looked it up. I was like, well, fuck. Wikipedia doesn't get shit wrong. She sounds so good. Yeah. Like totally American, I would never have guessed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I've heard her in like as, with like a British accent as well, and like she sounds good with that. Like she's just one of those people that can blend into anything. Oh and yeah, she's always amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love her so much. Uh, she's great. Um, Allison Janney uh, is a, definitely a standout in this one too. And like mm-hmm. you said, when when they embrace at the end as well, uh, basically just Tony Collette's journey throughout this. As you see mm-hmm. her, like like you said, like she's gone through some shit. She's trying. I love the line that uh, Susanna says about it being like spring break for adults. Yeah, and they like go off and smoke weed, and they're like staying out all night, getting drunk, and she's not paying attention to her son. But it's almost like he needed that time alone. And mm-hmm. uh, she has that moment with Alice and Janie where they hug, and and Janie says something like, "You know, you're great, like you are." Yeah, and you can just see that she needed someone to tell her that, and Steve Carell never does. Yeah, yeah, and then that moment when she she finally you know gets back in the way way back and that song is playing another great uh song i knew from the soundtrack al- alone but uh they get back there and then they just both kind of smile towards the back of the the car towards the camera mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's 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 beautifully ended uh not knowing it's just like a dot 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 you don't know what's going to happen and man that's got to be the f- most fucking awkward drive back home you're right yeah but it's it's great for us and great for duncan and great for her so it's like they you can tell they're just like done with that that family both yeah. the girl and and the dad obviously yeah but, uh, the uh, yeah. the girl she seems like she's underage but she just like freely grabs beer you know <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but then like uh, Trent is so strict with Duncan yeah. that it's like, well, so you're just going to let her get away with whatever she wants to do and then... So, so just bullshit. Like, yeah. Right. Uh, clearly didn't care for that. Um, yeah, there's just... Man, so much of this movie is... Uh, it's just like a, an emotional roller coaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or an emotional water ride. Uh, water, for, yes. For Steven. We, we've, this is the point of you need a vacation month, right? So we went to the water park. And uh, this is like, you and I say this like somewhat frequently, but I think it's maybe before we record or after whatever, but the, Mm. the whole all set to hold 
uh, spiel oh my God. that Nat Faxon does. <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me, you know? I'm glad you read that up. I, I wondered, I asked Amanda this time watching it. I was like, is this a bad scene? Is he a bad, is he like a pervert old man? That the girl he first does it to looks mm-hmm. like she could be like 18 or older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so fucking funny. And then when Duncan does it, He's he is like 15 and right. then he does it to like a 15 year old. So it, like it's funny. I don't know. Like I feel like it's a it's a playful way. I think that would have also happened in an 80s or 90s movie, but it feels playful and fun. And it's Nat Faxon is so fucking good when he does it that that all set to hold and we're still holding. Yeah. yeah you and I do that all the time. Amanda and I do that constantly. <laughs> it's one of the lines we use from this all the time. Uh, there are so many one-liners that that fit in everyday life so yeah. easily, just slip in right in there. But uh, that scene is fucking great. Um, yeah, I, I love Nat Faxon. Uh, uh, Jim Rash is that his name? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also great as uh, like the must- yeah the handlebar mustache <laughs> dude who's he's like uh, they have that line where he's like. Uh, what was the last thing you want to do? Be a storm chaser? Didn't, don't you need to go to school for that? And he's like, there's a storm. Chase it. Got it. <laughs> like, his performance is so subtle and, <laughs> and funny. And, like, uh, they're both... I, I haven't seen them in a ton. Like, you were mentioning other stuff they've been in that you'd seen them in. They've been in, like, a bunch of shows. Uh, yeah. Both both of the writers and directors. But um, I like them and every, every time I see them. But it's mm-hmm. mostly because of The Descendants and then this movie. Uh, that I think are great. So yeah, I need to watch The treasures. Descendants. Uh, when you mentioned that, you should I w- check it out, man. I was, in my head, I was picturing The Descent. Oh, right. Which is like a wildly <laughs> different movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a cool movie. It's the first movie that I saw Shailene Woodley in. And I thought, oh, okay. again, she was going to be and she has become like a pretty big star. But mm-hmm. uh, she is uh, young and phenomenal in that one as well. Uh, they, I think they they weren't directors of that one, but I, I feel like they write really well for uh, kind of teenage angst. Yeah. And, and awkwardness and then parent uh, teenager and parent dynamics as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel really uh, real, I guess, uh, in both movies. But uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's also mm-hmm. in, shot in Hawaii. It's beautiful um, scenery and stuff. So um, it's got cool, you know, Hawaiian music soundtrack. You know, it feels feels good, uh, even though it's also dramatic. So, yeah, I would recommend that Damn. one for sure. Steve, we got to get cast in some like Hawaiian starring Ugh. feature film, you know, let's fucking do it. Yeah. I don't just even need to, just to be there. I don't even need a big role, you know? Yeah. Honestly, just something I'll be small like, to get me out there. Yeah. I'll just be like a background <laughs> actor, but I'm going to overact it for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be like, you're going to get fired at the end of the day because they're like, you just need to walk from here to here and you keep dancing like Sam Rockwell and fucking Iron Man 2 <laughs> and you won't stop. <laughs> I brought this horn section with me. They're going to play. I don't know what to fucking tell you. It's not my fault. Not my fault. Um, oh, man. Uh, staying at the water park, uh, all of the, the scenes where uh, Owen is talking to Duncan, and especially when they first meet at the uh, and have that conversation at the water park, Owen is trying mm. out a lot of material on Duncan. It's just kind of falling flat because Duncan right. doesn't really like get it or whatever. And then at a certain point, Owen says, do you get comedy? That, <laughs> this is the same situation I have in my household. This is why I feel he's you or you're yeah. him. This is, yeah. <laughs> just trying real hard. Just like landing flat, you know, just to get one smirk or just, anything. And just, just give get me nothing. Something. Just give me something. Oh, my God. Papa it's needs so his fix. Um, he has a lot of dad yeah. joke kind of things in this, too. Yeah, that, that fit your, your repertoire. So <laughs> yeah. but he, he's real quick, lightning fast. You know, I really, right, yeah, really totally. appreciated it. Um, and then when he's talking about the the legend of uh, somebody who passed somebody else inside the, right. the water tube or whatever, uh, I fucking love that. And then at the end of the movie. He raises up Duncan's hand and says, the first boy 
or the first person to mm. ever pass somebody inside the water slide. So it's like, oh, okay. So it's just like bullshit. It's always been a legend. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, and that's a beautiful moment too. Like that yeah. they call that back. And uh, I love when Duncan like runs out of the, the back, the way, way back at the gas station and runs towards the water park. I love that he doesn't let it pass him by. Uh, yeah. Cause as a kid, you feel like sometimes you're just trapped and you have to go along with what your parents say. And he's like, fuck this. I'm running out. Yeah. And uh, it's a, it's a great way to end it to, to call it back or whatever. Uh, we haven't talked to you about, uh, what is it like mailing something in Ishmael? The the three the three oh, yeah. uh, guys that are always hanging out with with uh, with Owen there too, or like just these little moments of comedic relief mm-hmm. uh, are, are fantastic. Uh, the fact that they try, you know, and get stuck at one point, and they have to get that other guy up there. Yeah. Um, when Owen at that point he leans over to all the kids and he's like, "I need a hero." I need a hero till the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to be fast. He's got to be strong. And he's got to be fresh from the fight. That that shit is like my kind of like bringing in pop culture into real world. And then yeah. just that falling flat and people being like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. And you're like footloose. Nobody. That's like, that's my experience in life. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I had a kinship with him there, but uh, yeah, there's so many great lines uh, throughout it that, that we quote all the time. And the more I think about it, I'm like, that's a great moment. That's a great moment. So yeah. Damn. Damn. Just a ton of them. Like, yeah, it's 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 just like one after another. Each scene is more interesting than the one you just watched. Right. You know, and it's just like that throughout it. This movie is like an hour and 45 minutes or so. And yeah, it just it kind of it flies by at a quick pace. Yeah. Like right. at, at a certain point, uh, my wife and I were eating dinner while watching the movie. We we paused at a certain point to get some dessert. It was like an hour into the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought I made it like. 30 minutes or so like it really oh, does great. move yeah. at a pretty good pace um but yeah just like fantastic performances all the way around um i i did have one thing i wanted to mention specifically is that uh the movie opens in the way way back with that sh- that shot of duncan and then it ends with with him and his mom but for a little bit uh right after he gets his kiss from Susanna, the girl yeah. next door and they're about to leave and she's like you just surprised me that's a lovely little scene too again you think they might have phone conversations and but it's going to fizzle out. They're not going to stay together. He's never going to see her again is, is my, uh, what I got from this. But it's yeah. like, again, it's like a magical summer. He met this girl, got a kiss. Like it's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, I'm going to see if I can send this to you, Brent. But a while ago I had made a, uh, a GIF, uh, version of that. Uh, basically it morphing from, um, Duncan, uh, from that beginning to that end. And I made this little scene and it's so cool to, uh, to see him transition. He looks like I said, like he's aged like a year and he's like taller. Like he looks more of like a man face than like a boy face. And, uh, it's just like a, oh, yeah. a great way to, to, to call it back again. Like they, they use such filmmaking techniques that, you know, are, are going to bookend things that way. And mm-hmm. as you said earlier, like there's not a lot that happens in the plot, but there are so many magical scenes one after another. And there's not a lot of stakes in this movie, but uh, at the same time, that's how life is, where the things that seem immediate to you at that moment are the biggest stakes in the world. Yeah. And uh, and they don't they don't poo poo on those. Right. They let them they let them flourish. So, yeah. And, and it's a, talking about the relationship between Duncan and Susanna. It does seem like whenever he first sees her and they have that conversation across their porches that like, oh, he thinks she's cute. And, you know, right. a, a little bit awkward with that. And whenever he does see her throughout the movie, you know, going forward, you could tell there's a little bit of something there. He he likes her, but right. it's not his like main focus. There's there's that scene where he's riding back from the water park. She's standing outside waiting for her yeah. dad to call. And he's kind of riding in a circle around her because, you know, they, they kind of know each other. I feel like he's into her at that point. Yeah. But then at a certain point, he's just like, 
okay, bye. And he just writes right. off, you know, she, like, he leaves. <laughs> he's kind of there in that scene. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just feel like he's got a lot going on and that's part mm-hmm. of his character trying to figure out who he right. is, is like, I, I, I want to, I want this girl to like me, but also I like going to this water park cause it makes me feel good being around those people. And then I don't like where my mom is with this dickhead, you know? So, right. Right. Um, yeah, it, it just gives him a lot to do, uh, but in a believable way, you know? Yeah. And he really sells the whole time. Like yeah. even that scene, you know, he's into her, but he, he kind of plays it off like casual or maybe mm-hmm. he's got other stuff on his mind, like you said. And then he's just run, like riding in circles and he's just like, bye. Yeah. And uh, he I don't know. He plays it well. With her. I feel like it's part of her intrigue into him later on. Like then it's like the next scenes uh, of like, where are you going? when you write off like this and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, their, their little love blossoming is really nice. Uh, and her, her performance I think is, is pretty great as well. Uh, yeah, know, just like his. So she looked familiar to me and I was trying to figure yeah. out what she was on that I've seen and I couldn't quite place it. I, I looked her up on Wikipedia. I went through her filmography. I was like, I don't, I don't know if any of this is really like something that would, would have stuck with me that way but she has a very mm-hmm. like specific look to her at, at first i thought she was the uh uh the the woman who plays uh cassie lang in the newest ant-man movie because they have like a oh, similar she does look like that yeah. yeah but uh not quite but darker so, hair yeah. yeah i don't know maybe it was just this movie that i watched like six years ago i don't know oh uh, yeah you're like what do i know her from oh wait the way way back yeah Got that's it. what it was yeah <laughs> that's a good movie i should watch it next yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was in um I believe it was her. Um, she's in this movie called Soul Surfer that I remember coming out uh, years ago. And uh, it's a it's a true story, I think, about a, a girl who was surfing and a shark bites off one of her arms. Oh, my God. With, with the surfboard. And uh, the, the picture is funny because she does have an arm in this one, but it is like a, uh, a surfboard oh. with a bite out of it that she's like holding it. But her other arm is like is like bitten off. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I remember that movie coming out. I don't remember being like even watching it, but uh uh, she's been like she pops up in some things. This is the main role that I know her from, but uh, I think she's really great in it. Again, though, it's like one of those child actors I thought would go on to do amazing stuff, and you know hasn't hasn't done as much as I expected from this movie in particular. Yeah. Um, so uh, one other note that I did have, I just saw on here, is that um, you had told me about a movie a while ago that I got the when I finally watched it. I have also watched this a ton and read the book it was based on, and and I just love it. And that is uh, this is where I leave you, the Jason Bateman movie. Um, these movies have nothing really in common, but they have the same feeling to me. They have a lot of drama and comedy and a, a huge smattering of ensemble characters that are all interesting and the actors are all great. So, uh, for some reason, when I watched that one, I got that same vibe that I got from the way, way back. So I was so glad that you recommended that one to me, uh, because this is where I leave you, I think is just also, uh, a really amazing, like dramatic comedy kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's again, very low stakes, but also it's right. just, uh, hits on an emotional level. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that too. I just want to mention that, but the way, way back. Yeah. As I said earlier is a, a very special movie to me. I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. we finally got to review it now, but it really was when I, when I first saw it, it was almost like, it was like a teddy bear that I wanted to cuddle. And then I was like, if I say it to anybody, they're going to rip it away from me or they're going to tear it down and be like, it's, it's not as good as you thought it was. And mm-hmm. I was, I was, not so scared of that. I was just like, I, I love this movie so much. I don't even care to talk to another person about it because they might ruin it for me. <laughs> right, yeah. And now I've grown to be like, no, this movie needs to be shared. Uh, I've shown it to my parents who, who both loved it and uh, reacted the same way. 
uh, you know, with that emotionality and everything. But uh, I'm so glad that you liked it. I hope uh, people that have, uh, you know, listened to this have seen it, but I hope uh, us even doing it has gotten people to watch it finally if they haven't before because it is truly a gem that I, I, I treasure. I treasure this movie so much. It's it's beautiful. Absolutely. And and that's one of the reasons why I watched Rango after this last night. I was yeah. like, oh, this is another movie that I feel is underrepresented, but people should should check out. Right on. Um, I also feel that same way about Game Night, the movie Game Night with uh, oh, the aforementioned gosh, yeah. uh, Jason Bateman. Uh, such a great movie. As soon as right. that hits a like streaming service that's widely available, I would love to discuss that on this podcast because oh, good one. infinitely yeah. rewatchable, that movie. Yeah. So many incredible performances. It's so fucking funny and so much better than I ever expected it would be. The the bit about Denzel, I think about regularly. <laughs> yeah. and it just cracks my ass up. <laughs> Yeah, there's a and there's a lot of people in that one I hadn't really known from other things yeah. um, uh, that I really like too that that have gone on to go do other shows and movies that I like. But uh, obviously, Jason Bateman and uh, Rachel McAdams uh, are always phenomenal. But yep. them together, man, powerhouse! I can't believe we haven't had a sequel to that movie. Uh, yep. Those directors went on to do the the latest uh, Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, they were the same directors that did Game Interesting. Night. Interesting. Yeah. Have you seen that one yet? I haven't uh, seen it. That was one of the seven things I watched recently. Okay, so yeah, I just go. didn't right mention on. it on this episode. But uh, same same Game Night guys. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then yeah, one of them is John Francis Daly, who I, I mentioned recently. He's uh, mm-hmm. in Freaks and Ge- Freaks and Geeks, and he is a D and D player. So I think it's probably a lifelong dream oh. of his to uh, to make that movie, which is really cool. But you're right. Anyway, uh, Game Night is uh, yeah, great movie. We should definitely review sometime. Yeah, it was uh, John Francis Daly, and uh, what, what's the other guy's name? I can't remember right now. Um, so, yep, there we go. <laughs> okay, uh, but th- but they uh, <laughs> co-wrote uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, if I remember oh, correctly. Right. Uh, Jonathan Goldstein there is we his go. writing partner. Yeah, yeah, the directing partner. Yeah, I saw that. They, uh, they've done work on a, a few different things. Uh, like, it seems like they've probably done more work than we know about, mm-hmm. like punch-up work and stuff, you know? But um, they, uh, yeah, for Game Night alone, I was like, man... Uh, Knocked it out of the park, so totally worth it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I still have to see the new Dungeons & Dragons movie, though. It looks pretty fun. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I know if I start talking about it, I'm just going to go on forever. But uh, Yeah, I'll save yeah. it next time, though. It's on Paramount great. Plus if uh, people want to check it out. Easy enough Apparently. to check out. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. I, I thought about it, too. Yeah. Well, uh, any other notes for the way, way back for you, sir? No, I, I think I've uh, said everything I wanted to say about this. I mean, there's I can just talk about this movie for hours. That's uh, so you delightful. Know, but, uh, and and uh, we kind of have. So, yeah, you know. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I certainly enjoyed it again. Uh, uh, I'm glad to watch it with you, and I hope we've introduced it to some people. Uh, if they have not seen it before, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a gem and I, I hope everybody likes it. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to continue with our Junita vacation series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next week we are going to do wet, hot American summer with a guest. Are we able to announce that? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. My, uh, my friend Ross Lichtai from the nudist colony podcast is coming on to discuss that Yay. movie with us. We're just going to do the 2001 movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'll have time to watch, uh, the related Netflix series, Right. Uh, but uh, I know he's seen all of them, loves those as well. I think you have as well. Is yeah, that right? I love okay. them. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you guys can. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just be here. I'll just be here for a little while. <laughs> I wondered if, yeah, if we would talk about those at all, but uh, maybe non spoilery a little bit for you mm-hmm. to catch up on them again eventually. But uh, you've never seen the movie, right? No. Yeah. I, I've just seen uh, like bits and pieces uh, 20 years oh, ago. Fantastic. And, uh, meant to catch up on it. I haven't done it. 
Um, right, right. I've, I bought this movie on iTunes years ago, so long ago <laughs> that I forgot I even had it. And I just came across That's it in my, my, my iTunes collection. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot nice. I bought it. Matter of fact, every movie that we're going to discuss for Junita Vacation Month, I own, evidently. Oh, there so, you go. Cool. Yeah, that, it kind of worked out. Yeah, you're like, I didn't mean to, but uh, it's good for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to have Ross on because he's mentioned it a few times on uh, your podcast or, or other mm-hmm. podcasts. And uh, I've never met a fan of that series or that show or that movie uh, as as big as me. And he sounds like he is. I've never been able to discuss it with someone that really liked it. So yeah. not to uh, pump it up too much, but uh, yeah, it's one of my my favorites. So I, I hope you dig it. But uh, and then I hope you like, you know, you like it enough to watch the shows and everything. But it'll be a good conversation. I'm looking forward to that one. So what if it's like Mad Max Fury Road to me? <laughs> <laughs> <Just like. laughs> I mean, I hope not, but there's always the chance, right? We, that's, we never that's know. That's the fun. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we won't, we won't razz you too hard if you hate it, but we will probably stop being friends. So okay, great. Uh, definitely come back next week for Wet Hot American Summer, uh, where we review that. I think it's like a 2001 movie, so it's been, a, it's been out for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, looking forward to that. If you'd like to contact us, you can do that on Twitter, Instagram, all the infos in the show notes. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars is always appreciated. And uh, let your friends know so we're People can find us and especially for this month i think we got a lot of good stuff lined up so uh, come mm-hmm. back for the rest of the month as we review barb and star go to vista del mar and midsomar <laughs> excellent yes well uh yeah it was a blast dude uh anything else any parting words for you sir no sir captain let's take it home excellent well this was a blast uh come back next week as we continue our june vacation movies and we really look forward to having you all back for another good time so until next time i'm steven i'm brent and let's talk later Record! Oh my gosh, I was oh asleep, but now I'm awake. My God. Fowler made a early <laughs> presence. Why? Why the very first thing, you know? Yeah, it's Fowler's fault. Where, yes, why did he yeah. show up like that? So that weird. Son of a bitch bastard. Oh my goodness. God damn it. Uh, Steven, mm. I just crossed a uh, magical threshold oh. in my personal life. You finally uh, went so in the back door. I <laughs> <laughs> Well, I found the key, you see, and... <laughs> Uh, no, so I uh, I crossed the one year mark from uh, when I fell <gasps> off of that jungle gym and uh, gave myself wow. a brain bleed, and uh, I went back to the scene of the crime mm-hmm. uh, on that one year anniversary, which is something I had planned on doing, uh, you know, kind of leading up to it for the past like uh, I don't know, eleven months or so. Right, I thought right. I want to go back to to revisit it, see if they've if my chalk outline is still there, you know. <laughs> That was like, no, none of the kids go to it because like someone died <laughs> yeah. here clearly <laughs> yeah but what i did notice is uh, and my my wife went with me we we saw like this jungle gym looks like not as tall as before oh, i was like okay did i just like build it up to be like a skyscraper in my mind right and she was like no it looks like based on the the vertical poles that were holding up the diagonal ones uh-huh. Uh, it looks like maybe they lowered it oh, because that's uh, some dipshit fell <laughs> on this child's playground equipment. And so you ruined it for everyone. It's like, yeah, that's, that seems accurate. Really seems accurate I, to me. I saw but, the picture, though. It still looks fairly dangerous for a kid. You know, like it would still seem death defying if you go there. Yeah. Like the uh, <laughs> the 
ropes, like the rope netting underneath that's mm-hmm. supposed to like catch a child if if they fall, assuming they don't like skull plant <laughs> on one of the the wooden planks like I did, uh, is just like millimeters above the gravel. Oh, right. So it's not really going to catch you mm-hmm. so much as just like give you something different to fall on, like a different texture. Right. So you've got gravel and thick ass rope. That's got a little like I don't know fibers poking out of it and whatnot, but okay, sure, whatever. It, it's something, I guess. Uh, there's yeah. not like you don't, they don't require helmets now or anything, though, right? <laughs> not to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> they did have a sign on there uh, when uh, when I had my accident mm-hmm. that said, you know, uh, uh, children like uh, like nine and under only or whatever. So naturally, oh, I got on there. Okay. Yeah. I didn't I, realize. I put a three in front of it. I was like, 39 and Got it. And over. Okay. <laughs> On it. Literally. And then off it. Also literally. But um, now it's just like, it's just blank. Like they have uh-huh. a sign there, but it's just a, a blank sign. So it's like, I guess whoever wants to crawl up there, go for it. But they're like, I don't know. People won't stop. So we're going to take the sign down. People get mm-hmm. like, it's like they change the sign to like at your own risk. And all the parents are like, <laughs> I don't think so. And all the adults are like, I should try this. It backfires more people try it oh, it's just a uh, a life preserver and it says lifeguard not on duty it's like huh good what, luck what? what is this okay <laughs> seems ominous now they they cut off the pathway going around <laughs> that so you have to travel oh, over i that like now. that yeah mm-hmm. it's like uh they should just have some like even for fun just some like fake skulls and bones underneath the the jungle gym that sounds fantastic i think mm-hmm. i don't know like i mentioned this a while ago to my years and years ago to my sister when i uh we took my my nephew her her son to uh like a halloween uh thing oh, at the yeah. zoo you know and i was like i kept walking around being like this is so tame and boring there should be like a story about a kid who got murdered here <laughs> and she was like what is wrong with you and i was like not really murdered just a story about one like you need to have a little thrill there i like i think kids want the thrill they want the fear they want of the skull and crossbones under their under their jungle gems <laughs> to know that they too can serve that fate you know oh yeah absolutely mm-hmm. it's like oh what's the story of that set of right uh, disturbingly small bones uh <laughs> that are down there um but going back to your thing about the the mm-hmm. the story at how oh, right, right? What if there was a a story where you have this like ultra morbid story about this child <laughs> being murdered at the zoo, at the zoo, okay. right? Maybe animals are involved. Maybe who knows? Right. You know, dealer's choice. But at the end of the thing, you're like, and that's how we got. And then PowerPoint presentation <laughs> screen changes. Casper, the friendly ghost. Oh, see? <laughs> yeah, that's where he came from. It's a beloved character that needed an origin. Uh-huh. Absolutely, uh, you know a lot. Of, you know a lot of people are saying <laughs> that uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost is the uh, ghost of Richie Rich because they oh, look right, the same. Right. But uh, no, turns out it was just a hatchet wielding uh, gazelle. Oh my goodness! I did not see that coming. The zoo. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah. Everybody knows yeah. to look out for gazelles, but I didn't realize they they had hatchets now. Yeah, yeah. That's a bad. That's why look. the uh, the cheetahs are trying to take out their population oh okay. like, guys i know it looks violent but y- if you want to see violence just let these gazelles run loose with a hatchet so the cheetahs are like the cops of the zoo uh not so they're um but, yeah unfortunately <laughs> you tried to auto you tried to correct there but uh yeah i don't know i, I think that's fine i was like the cops of the zoo I, I don't i don't know if i want to put that on them but you know right. sure you know 
Might but as they well. are narcs. You know, is what we're saying. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> there's a a cheetah in Zootopia. Uh, mm-hmm. Cheetahs are, are typically very lean creatures, you know, but the, the cheetah in Zootopia is very fat because he is a cop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's constantly <laughs> eating donuts. Yeah. That one I like. That He's good. a good one, though. Yeah, he's a good one. He's one of the good ones. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a mm-hmm. few bad ones. A few bad apples. And they do spoil Absolutely. a bunch. But the cheetahs are okay. Mm-hmm. And they're Speaking of bad apples. From, what? Yes. <laughs> I was just going to say, they have those, uh, those, uh, what do you call those? Those fucking god damn it <laughs> where you like throw a bunch of apples in, in a, a bin and you have to like dunk your head in there and, and try to for get apples. them bobbing for apples <laughs> it's been one year you know you're still it's, affected it's been, yeah it's not yeah. yeah yeah that's 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 the issue yeah yeah um uh i was just gonna say that you're bobbing for ap- apples on the gazelle walks over and, and chops your head your off ass. chops your head off wow yeah. mm-hmm. And then a cheetah yeah. walks over and sees a human head, and they are like, I will mm-hmm. bob for human heads. Yes, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, it's there. They're not going to kill a human themselves, but if it's available, if an opportunity presents itself. Right. Yeah. It's like I was reading this article uh, by this guy named Army <laughs> Hammer. He said, uh, human flesh, really good. Really good. It's good for the cholesterol, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, we'll try it. <laughs> we'll, we'll try it. You know? <laughs> And then another so, cheetah's over yeah. there next to him. He's like, well, I would try them, but I'm gluten-free. Oh, no, no, no. Good good thing, because they'd have no gluten in them. Unless they had <laughs> bread. Right. Bread hasn't, so you should eat them. That's true, yeah. Oh, it's me. Oh, fuck. Uh-oh. Well, that, that tracks. <laughs> I can't stop getting head injuries, you know? They're like Pokemon. I got to catch them all. Oh, man. You, you, mm-hmm. you just long to be uh, decapitated. Oh, my God. If I could... If I could be decapitated and then come back oh. as like a headless horseman oh. type, type of person, lovely, that'd be great. You, but I would like change my name to Head Lester Horseman. <laughs> You're like I, I never liked Brent. Everybody got it wrong anyway. I'm changing it up. Yeah. I got this even look. on the <laughs> on the previous episode where we were uh, talking about jokes that I've got in my phone. Oh right. Sometimes it's just like a punchline or something like that, and. Uh, how I'm like saving that for like maybe an opportunity presents itself. Mm-hmm. That headluster horseman thing has been in my phone <laughs> for no joke, like eight or nine months. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to use this. There you go. Maybe, See, it happened maybe look at my, mark that one off the list as oh, well. Yeah, so. baby. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. punchlines just uh, need to need to find their joke. That's right. Look, uh, was it a clunky way to get there? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? I get to take a thing out of my phone. <laughs> it's so nice crossing things off lists. It really is, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what I do. I'm not going to actually delete it from my phone. Oh, I'll good. just like do the strike through thing. And then just breathe that way when I go back later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In uh, 106 episodes from now, right. I'll be like, did I use Headluster already? <laughs> did I did? Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Shit. Okay. Well, I better come up with a new one, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep track of what you used before. You don't want to do It's like wearing a dress twice. No one ever does that. Right. You know, you can't you can't walk on the red carpet in the same dress twice. So you can't use the same joke that everybody everybody knows. Seinfeld uses a joke once, never perfects it, never uses it again. That's how it's <laughs> right. Every work. time <laughs> you got to have new ones. That's why you got to have new new ideas. That's why he carries around a notebook. Yeah. So uh, um, I, I don't know. Maybe we talked about this. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't I don't recall. Uh, but I, w- I knew this guy once who um, he was a. Uh, one of my wife's friend's husbands and he mm-hmm. did I don't know he was 
kind of bragging about a thing that wasn't really a brag to me, mm-hmm. but he said that every week when he gets paid, so like every Friday after he gets off work, he goes to Walmart, buys a brand new package of white cotton t-shirts. Oh, okay. And just has like <laughs> white cotton t-shirts to wear for the rest of the week. I was like, what? Oh. Yeah, but then like the sentence ended and I was like, oh, he wants me to be impressed by this. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Right. Is it like, is that bragging mm-hmm. you have enough money to do that? I don't know. What is the I point of that? Does don't he know. not wash clothes? He's like, I don't, I, I never, I haven't spent money on a washer or a dryer in years. I just buy new clothes. And I don't think that's really efficient, <laughs> sir. There's an episode or, or two or possibly three, perhaps more of Ooh. Cribs, the MTV show where <laughs> uh, rappers or athletes <laughs> would be on there. I think Nelly was one of them, the rapper Nelly, uh, where he was giving a tour of his closet and he was showing clothing that he bought that still has the tags on it. And he was saying, uh, and again, it could be somebody else, but he was saying that uh, he wears it once and then throws it away. What? And even then, I was like, you don't even, just donate it, right. if anything, you know? That's crazy. I mean, I guess he's at probably a certain got point. a whole, like, yeah. I'm sure he's got a whole entourage of, of people that would just be like, <laughs> hey, can, I, can I get that real quick? Can I, I would love to have that. All his friends around him were like, just watching him dump stuff in the trash. Like, hey, I liked that shirt. Oh, I liked that yeah. pants. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Nelly, it's me, your old pal Murphy Lee. I wear a mask sometimes, I guess. I don't know why. I don't really say a whole lot, but anyway. Can I get that? You're in the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. Give me a shirt. Come on, man. Help me out. Uh, Shake your tail feather and give me that shirt. (laughs) I I didn't know that Nelly was on the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack. Oh, my God. Steven is like he and P. Diddy were uh, on a song. Shake your tail feathers. Is that really the song name? Mm -hmm. Is it... Is it like a Mr. Collects Chicken sort of scenario? Was it, was it for like a prestige what, TV show? Is that show? a Mr. Popper's Penguin scenario? <laughs> Are those their rap names in that movie? Oh, Mr. Collects yeah. Chicken and Mr. Popper's Penguins? <laughs> yeah, Starring but like Will Smith Diddy. is... It's like those Justin Timberlake sketches, like, bring it on down Omeletteville on SNL, you know? Oh, He'd, yeah, like, yeah. Dress up as the different people, but imagine it's Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence, and they're like bad boys <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. undercover. Under- <laughs> and they're like at a chicken restaurant. Those covers, just pretty much just waffles. They're just, oh. It's just waffles. They mm. use this cover. Chicken mm, waffles. waffles. Yeah, so. Man, I would, I'd go mm-hmm. for just chicken waffles right now. Do you like chicken and waffles? Hell yeah, brother. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Do you? Do you? I, I like everything, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. So there's, it's pretty easy then. I uh, I'm a new convert mm. to chicken and waffles. The last few years, I would say, but uh, once I discovered that, yeah. I was like, whoa, that's two of my favorite things. Didn't know they go together. Wow. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm all mm-hmm. about it now. It really works. It really works. You have to have a good waffle though. That's really the mm. dividing line. Mm-hmm. Like chicken tenders. Look, let's be honest. We're gonna dunk that shit in some type of gravy. I mean, or a syrup. You know, yeah, if you've got something. It there. But if you get a shitty waffle, that eh, kind of ruins everything, you know? What do you call a shitty waffle? What is it? What makes it shitty? Obviously, if it has shit on it, but um, other than that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I take out a waffle maker. Uh-huh. I give myself diarrhea. Oh, and then, gosh. I'll let you put those pieces together. No, I, uh, th- there's, some, there's some waffles that are just like uh, a little too, um, like if you put your, your fork into it to try to cut it, it mm-hmm. fights back, you know? 
it's, oh, it's yeah. blended with some type of rub, uh, rubber element. Oh, okay, right. So you need yeah. a soft just like, interior. I like a crunchy exterior. That's what I was wondering, though. Do you right. uh, like we, mm-hmm. we've discussed this before uh, at a, our family events, like every every weekend we get together with Amanda's family and we'll sometimes order like uh, food and bring it home or whatever. And we've been getting chicken and waffles at some places, but waffles inevitably get really soft when you take them out, like when you do take out and bring it home. And uh, we discussed that out like a waffle is better, either fresh at the restaurant or fresh made at home. Do you agree with that statement? I believe so. Yes, I will co-sign with that. Excellent. Okay, um, good. Yeah, unless you go to, like, a, a fancier, like, restaurant. There's this place in Tulsa. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Arbor. Whatever the case. Who cares? Uh, they Arby's? have a... <laughs> Arby's? Yeah. <laughs> Man, you've been there? Yeah, they got a cowboy hat as a sign. Ooh, roast it's beef wild, and waffles. <laughs> I walked up to the to order my food. There was a goddamn tumbleweed what? taking orders. Yeah. That's crazy. She was cute. I'll be honest, she was cute. She can get it. Um, I like her shape, but anyway, <laughs> she's, she's bulbous. She's bulbous. Hey man, you ever want to build a snowman in the summer? She's your girl. But uh, anyway, they they had a uh, a, a wonderful uh, chicken and waffles. Is kind of the point I was making. But they they zhuzhed it up a lot, like oh, every right. bit of it. Like the waffle was uh, was delicious. It was like uh, kind of a thicker waffle in that, like the 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 fencing. <laughs> itself was thicker <laughs> was but, taller uh the actual yeah it wasn't like super bready you know right which is right. what i was trying to avoid and then the chicken was like stellar and then they had a blueberry jalapeno uh oh, wow. syrup or something that was is wonderful that's absolutely in- interesting to me it might be too mm-hmm. much for me you know with my spiciness i might get a sweaty heady but uh <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the sink word. <laughs> that sounds like a sex term, though. Oh man, I got a sweaty heady, sweaty head. <laughs> this sounds just gr- disgusting, yeah. right? Like, like part of it's good, but like the other part is like, eh, you know, not the best. And it goes both ways, you know. Yeah, you get either sweaty way, heady. yeah, yeah. Don't want yeah. that. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't remember what I was saying now because sweaty heady's taking over everything in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you get sweaty heady. You get lost. So uh, you want right, to sink? So, yeah, let's Fantastic. sink with sweaty heady on three. One, two, three. Sweaty, sweaty heady. Just hold there for a sec. Hold. This guy's an artist. Watch and learn. And you are holding? Still holding? All right, I think we're all set to hold a little bit longer. Okay, step back a little bit. Okay, step forward. Okay, stay there. Step back and hold. Okay. Look at him. He's gorgeous. Just about ready to hold. Okay, and go. Okay, go, 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 go. This is Trent and you're all threes. (laughs) 